Hello and welcome to episode 110 of the Random Tower Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Angel. And this episode we're calling, uh, uh, we're calling it String Theories because we're talking about a game all about string, Yoshi's Void World, later to show off hands-on impressions, and we're talking about some theories of what Nintendo's mobile app strategy is now that we've seen their first game. Pause for effect. Okay, so, uh... Something, 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 no strings attached. Oh, why don't we do no strings attached? I don't know, because we were... I guess there are strings attached, because Nintendo's mobile thing's a real kind of a mess. But they're... It's really a bunch of tangled string that we have to untangle, and that's what we're going to do in this very episode of the Nintendo Okay, podcast. So, so no strings attached doesn't work. I guess not. But do we have a theory? Yes. Oh, you'll see. I have theories. Well, a theory. So the plural's a misnomer. Anyway, welcome everyone to episode 110. Where we um, discuss our titles. Where we discuss our titles for half an hour and then spent two minutes on Nintendo news. No, we uh, we actually do a fair amount. It's a pretty big episode because Nintendo made some big announcements. So later in the show, like I said, we have Yoshi Warrior World Impression. We're going to talk about the Yokai Watch demo that both of us have played you multiple times. And um, we also have the latest on Mario Tennis Ultra Smash and Amiibo Festi- Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival, both of which are puzzling for various reasons, and we'll explain why. But first, this past week, as I think any Nintendo fan knows, Nintendo had their financials that covered the first half of the fiscal year, which to some are whatever. But more significantly, they had a briefing that went with it, and at that briefing they announced what really sounds kind of like the start of like the next generation of Nintendo to me. Um, they detailed their smartphone app, their new account system, they kind of hinted at how they plan to keep us busy in 2015 beyond what we already know about. Uh, it was also a special occasion because it was the first public appearance and briefing hosted by Nintendo's new CEO, uh, Tatsumi Kimishima. So it's kind of like, well, how'd it go is really the takeaway, uh, or is really the question we, you might walk away with, and it's probably easiest if we just jump right in and talk about it. So for those of you who have never listened before, we have timestamps for Nintendo.com on episode 110. You can use those to jump to any specific topic that I just mentioned, or you can just strap in and go for the whole ride. So, with that said... It's like, it's a small world. It's a small... It, yeah, it's more it's a small world than it is, like, a crazy roller coaster. So, if you like hearing an annoying, repeating, droning voice or two for, for <laughs> two hours... how much how accurate it is. <laughs> but if you want your two hours of a droning voice or two... Well, the and writers, we're somewhat international. The, the writers we're somewhat in, international. The writers in two hours, though. Yeah, no. Oh, you God, probably, can you imagine if It's a Small World was two hours? But the amount of time you probably spent from, like, getting in line, entering line, and then out and getting out will probably be two hours. So, really, we it is a small world. Yeah, it's a, And you're on the boat inside, or you're on the line right now, and then you'll get on the boat, and you'll ride it, and then you get off the boat, and it's now you're going nowhere, because now this lines <laughs> up to the podcast. I'm going to keep going. No, um... But but seriously, we should probably actually talk about Nintendo things and not um, It's a Small World, as much as I loathe slash love that ride. So uh, we got to really start with the big one, you know. We need to probably kick off with Nintendo's first mobile game. But in order to do that, check out this fake out. In order to do that, we first kind of lay a bit of groundwork and discuss the things that are feeding into the mobile app. Which means what we're actually going to talk about first is Nintendo's next-gen account system, which uh, Kimishima outlined... Somewhat detailed, but somewhat mysteriously during the briefing. So uh, we now we know it's called the new Nintendo service. is called My Nintendo, which for those keeping record at home, Nintendo has used that name once before. Prior to Club Nintendo, back in the GameCube days, Nintendo.com had My Nintendo, and you could register your games and get wallpapers and AIM icons. And your My Nintendo account is what linked to your Nintendo Insider Forums account. So they're, it's kind of a throwback. They haven't used the name in like... I don't know, like probably like a decade. Like strictly but. just my Nintendo, right? Yeah, the my Nintendo name. Yeah. 
But it's, uh, I guess there's only so many different ways you can say, here's our Nintendo service without looping the name. But yeah, so my Nintendo is back. But unlike the 2003 iteration, or even Club Nintendo, this new my Nintendo is actually more of a central hub for everything Nintendo. You're all, everything's going to be tied to your one account, which is just called a Nintendo account, because why well, be creative? Uh, and how it's going to work is you'll be able to purchase games off Nintendo's website using your account, kind of like you can do now where it, tie, it just downloads to your system, and it will track those purchases, and, unlike Club Nintendo, it's also going to track your progress in-game. So you will earn points, not just for buying games, but for actually playing your games, which means I'm screwed, because I never play my games. <laughs> so I guess I'm not getting any cool rewards. I had thousands of coins at Club Nintendo, now I'm going to have maybe ten. Did they mention anything about, like, oh, if you're friends, you could see, presumably, like, their progress, because you'll get, like, an achievement or something. I mean, they do kind of do that with... They'll probably have stuff like with that. With Hyrule Warriors, like, your Miiverse gets bombarded oh, with, yeah. Yeah, with those metals, so... Presumably, everyone that's friends with you will know... How little I exactly play. Exactly when you stop. Yeah, what's interesting is, not only that, but they are going to be rewarding players based on how much they play. So you, the reward systems are going to be physical rewards, like Club Nintendo, which surprised me. I honestly thought... They were doing away with physical, and that's why they were doing it. I thought they were downsizing it, not making it bigger. But there will be physical rewards, there will be coupons and discounts, and most importantly, you will get stuff, just in-game add-ons, based on what you've played and how far you've played. So, like, I will know I'm not playing enough if Nintendo says, hey, you're playing Mario Kart and you already got gold cups, here's a bonus course just for you. And I'll be like, guess I'm not getting that. It's kind of like Unlockables, but it's also kind of like DLC, but it's also being tracked by Nintendo in real time. So mm-hmm. it's really good for their play statistics to know how people use their games. Yeah, I mean, reward the pe- I mean, reward the people that play. I mean, yeah. you weren't really going to play that far into it anyway. So it's like, I mean, it sucks because you know you're missing yeah. all the content, but at the same time, it's like, were you really going to play it? No. The fact that we're having a conversation where it's like, how little can Jason get away with <laughs> is kind of probably the wrong angle we should be taking <laughs> on this. But no, really, Fine, it's- replace Jason with. If someone no, I don't mean play that far into games. I mean, in general, the fact we're like, oh man, Nintendo's rewarding people for playing, but what about people who aren't? Yeah, it should really be that's cool for people who it's are. Cool, it's cool for people that but, do. I guess it doesn't really change anything for people that don't. And the and the account does more than just a play tracker. It's also going to give you discounts on your birthday. They're going to tie it in with physical locations, so you'll be able to use your account for stuff at theme parks, presumably Nintendo's Universal setup, uh, movie theaters, retail stores. They didn't say what you can do with any of those. They just said you will be able to. So this is actually. Like I said, kind of the opposite. I honestly thought they were basically scrapping Club Nintendo and just being like, eShop discounts, here you go. But <laughs> this is more way sales, more, yeah, exactly. more frequency. Yeah, but this is way bigger than that. So that's kind of cool. And uh, I guess perhaps, perhaps even more significantly, significantly than that, the entirety of my Nintendo is platform agnostic, meaning if you're playing a game on your iPhone made by Nintendo or your NX or your Wii U or your 3DS, whatever you're playing on, you're earning points as you play whatever it is or as you download whatever it is so if you download all of nintendo's mobile apps hypothetically they got five by march 2017 that's five games worth of points you just earned so that's one thing that's kind of cool across them but along with the points everything else you do is going to be cross-talked as well so that's the wrong word but save data and uh things you unlock in one can affect things in the other it's all through the cloud and you don't have to do anything similarly your friends list finally for real is one universal thing across every platform. You mean I don't have to friend the same person twice for a week? No, and you don't need to do friend codes. Although I thought it was quite uh, adorable that in Nintendo's briefing about how friendsless, the friendsless will work in my Nintendo, they actually outline to become friends with someone, you have to initiate, and they have to accept. It's like, yep, that is literally how the internet's done it for 15 years. But okay. 
I guess their point is it's more of a friend a friend set than a follower setup. But um, yeah. yeah, but it's still you'll be able to have one unified thing, and presumably that includes some sort of unified chat system. Finally, maybe I hope uh, it, the app. If, if they don't, I mean, it, it has to. It has to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the app that they announced, which we'll talk about in a minute, is kind of a chat thing, but you're not actually chatting in real time. So, like, like some people are like, "Oh, well, you can use the app," but not really because it's more passive. But uh, I think all of this, everything I just outlined, how it's all across every platform, I feel like is one big power play for Nintendo to get people to make to make to get people to come into the Nintendo ecosystem and become part of this machine of that Nintendo. Very modernistic of Nintendo. It's shocking. It's mean, what Microsoft's doing right now. It's and Google. And yet, it's, like it doesn't even like feel like. Well, I mean, then Microsoft. I, I definitely remember Microsoft like showing some of their Xbox, Microsoft Windows Phone right. compatibility. But not even just that. If you look at what Microsoft's doing with like Office, I know this is like oh, Office, exciting game. But no, if you look at what they're doing with Office or like <laughs> Outlook, yeah, Office three six five is really cool. You not just that, but it's on everything. The whole originally with Windows eight and with Windows Phone, the selling points were we're the only place you get Office. If you want to use Office, you need to come to us. Now they're like you know what, we just want you in our system. So if you are using Office 365 on your iPhone, if you're using Office on your iPad, they are supporting the iPad Pro with a pen input while simultaneously supporting their own Surface with a pen input. Like, the fact that they're doing all that, their goal is less of, well, we want to get everyone to buy our stuff, and more of, we'll take what we can get. If we can get them in the door, if we can get them using our services, and then they're going to do an in-app purchase, or they're going to eventually buy a Surface or whatever, that's more money that we would not have otherwise. So why turn those people away where we could at least make some money off them? It's the Google strategy. Google wants you to have an account, and they don't care what it's on. If you own an iPhone, they'll give you every single app anyway because you're still generating money from the ads, and you're still buying services from them. So it's win-win, and that's now what Nintendo's doing. Kimishima said specifically in an interview with uh, Japan's Nikkei, or Nikki, I don't know how to say it, newspaper, that Nintendo's goal is to have 100 or 200 million people with Nintendo accounts. They want everyone that... <laughs> uses any of these apps to just make an account. And to do that, they're making it ridiculously easy. Got a Nintendo Network ID? Obviously, that will work. Got a Facebook account, a Twitter account, a Google Plus account, an email? Any of those so can be used one of those sign-in sign with... Oh, it's yeah. literally a sign-in with... And they make... Yeah, so which one are you going to use sign-in uh, Nintendo with? Network ID, because I'm already established. Oh. But the, the interesting thing to me is that not only are they doing this, but in their briefing, they're like, look how easy it will be to sign in. Wouldn't and they had like a whole slide with just social media icons. So wouldn't, be, wouldn't this be your chance to get your JSR7 or whatever it is on Twitter? I, oh, that's true. Well, we'll see what happens day one. I mean, I guess you could... Well, no, the problem with JSR7 was too short. I guess you could expand the universe of Jason R. Yeah, well, JSR7 was too short. That was the issue. Yeah. They had a character minimum, which I assume they're getting rid of. But um, and they, and he was saying in our other. Like, I mean, assuming they'll still link your Nintendo Network account, right? Yeah, it's all gonna be one thing. It's yeah. all gonna feed in. You you know how like right now if you go like Splatnet for Splatoon, it's like sign in with your Nintendo Network ID and you sign in and it continues, and then you're just in. It's gonna be that for my Nintendo. So your Nintendo Network ID will live on as a thing you can use to log in. It's just an email password combo. Kind of like your Facebook or your Twitter is just a thing you use to log. In. Like they have I get techie here. They have an API. Which basically says, yes, we authenticate this person as an account, and it pushes through and matches it to a new account ID number within my Nintendo. But it's all, as far as you see, it's one in the same. Yeah. If that makes sense. But yeah, they made such a big point of like, oh, it's so easy to sign up, and they're going on and on about like, did you know half the people that start a registration process don't finish? Well, we're going to fix that by making you register with anything you want. One click and you're <laughs> in. gamify it. Yeah, like, the, seriously, they want to get as many people as possible. 100 to 200 million is an they insane... They created a brand new character called Registro. Registro. No, you know what it's going to be? It's going to be that, uh... Oh, what was the thing they always use? Not the bird. 
There's a little tutorial guy they use for everything. Oh, maybe it is the bird. For... Well, the bird is like for music. They have oh, the cat true. for. They use a lot of little pets. They use pets. Yeah, I see. I don't even like know. Yeah, I don't even know if they need an animal because it's one click and you're in. Like, what's you gotta do? Click that and point to it. They could. They make a whole character. It's just name click. Oh, they can clip it. The the paper clip, and you just like click, and then you're done. But even though it's Microsoft, but yeah, 100, 200 million people is insane. That's more than the Wii U's install base. That's that. It's a crazy number. So. um... To do that, of course, they need to make it easy, and they need to make something that everyone will sign into that's free, which brings us finally to Nintendo's first mobile title, Mitomo. Now, uh, contrary to what I think everyone expected, Nintendo is not starting their five mobile games by 2017 strategy with a bang, but instead kind of easing you in with not even a game, really. It's more of a communication app, and it's not even a normal one at that. Um, it's kind of... And it sounds like to me, do you remember when Iwata was still alive and doing Nintendo Directs like a year, year and a half ago? He was talking about they're building a me-making app for smartphones that'll let you interact with your me with other people uh-huh. on smartphones. Well, here we are, 18 months later, two years later, whatever it is, and it's literally exactly what he said. Like, everyone that was like, oh, what's their first game going to be? They told us two years ago. No one noticed. Or assumed it was something else. But this is what it is. And well, Of all the games they could have made first, I mean... The I mean, problem is it's, it's not a game. Well, I mean, well, whatever. Whatever app they could have made first, like, this definitely does seem like the one that makes the most sense. Yes. I mean, especially because yes. what you were saying, like, oh, like, what's the easiest way to get, like, that install base that they presumably want? I mean, mm-hmm. you're going to scare off a lot of people if it's just a game first because you're automatically going to be like, oh, it's a platform. Like, I'll oh, just wait. Like, I don't want that. But, I mean, this yeah. is just... Like, even people that don't care, like, even if, like, we don't care, like, about this game. We're still going to try it. Yeah, we're still going to try to make a me, like, and, I mean, God knows, like, how many people just love to make avatars of themselves. Yeah, yeah, so it could be big, and and again, it gets people to at least make a Nintendo Yeah, free, like, people really have no reason, like, just the fact that it's, like, by Nintendo, like, people are just going to... Are curious, yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, it's actually very smart to do, like, Miis and not Zelda, Mario, because like you said, people might be like, oh, I don't like Zelda games, I don't like Mario games, or wait, I have, like, seven Mario games, why do I need this eight one? I guess I could try it. But this is, like, so... It doesn't have the kitty image attached to it. It doesn't have the casual... I guess it kind of has casual image, but it's not kitty. It's not, like, oh, super hardcore game like Zelda or Metroid. It's as neutral of a thing yeah, as could possibly exist. It is exist. the best to describe it. It's just old, like, it's neutral. Uber, u- u- but, uh, yeah, neutral. uber neutral. For those who don't know, though, um, how it works is what's even stranger to me than it... Well, it's not even that strange. Right? It kind of makes sense. But how it works is perhaps the most interesting hook of the whole thing and that is uh you create a me for yourself and you answer a number of questions that nintendo very business-like calls very corporately calls friendly conversation starters so your me when you make it would be like hey what do you like to do on your day off or hey what's your favorite uh sport and then you just feed it the answers and you type them in so nintendo's actually giving you freedom to type things which for those who know Nintendo, that's mind-boggling. That they're actually like, sure, answer anything. Uh, so you do that, and then the me will start interacting with the me of other people on your Nintendo account friends list, and only the friends list right now. You cannot interact with any other people in the world outside your friends list, which in many ways is kind of an inhibitor. Um, and what we'll do is your me will passively, almost Tomodachi lifestyle, talk to each other, and you'll get a ping or something, or you open the app and they talk to each other, and then they just tell you random things. So your me walks in, like, I meet your me, right? And he walks in, and the me's just, and my me says to you, like, 
what's your favorite activity to do when you're off work? And then you say, whatever. I don't know why the knee talks like that. And then I, according to Nintendo, may learn something about my friend that I didn't already know. Maybe we have a shared interest we didn't know about. Just imagine, we can become even closer friends with Mitomo. That's basically the pitch. Well, that's literally it. Why that actually happen? You know, I'd be shocked if after, what, nine years, eight years, nine years, that I find out that we have another common interest. <laughs> but you never know. I mean, the the whole pitch that Kimishima was giving was like, you know, if you, like, don't actively talk to people a lot, but you're friends with them, here's a chance to get to know them better. Or, like, if you're kind of shy, you could still share things about yourself with your friends. <laughs> Let them do it for you. <laughs> yeah, basically. It's like, have this little avatar run, and run around for you. So... That's the basic premise, and officially that's all I really know. Nintendo said it will be free to use. They will have in-app purchases to buy new outfits and accessories for your Mii. That's about it. But if you and if you take it at face value, I guess it is... Like we were saying, it is a good idea that it's neutral, but it's also kind of puzzling because it's like Nintendo doesn't need a communication app, really. They're a game company, so why would they do this? I mean, it could be cool... Like, imagine, you know, there's probably a ton of people on your social media. I know I have this, like, on Twitter, or, or even Meverse, the people, our f- listeners that friend us. We know they exist. We know they like Nintendo. Who are these guys? I, they're not going to necessarily tell us their life story. We are not necessarily going to ask all, however many of them, their life stories. You know, we have 260-some-odd followers on our Nintendo. But in theory, if we were all friends in, with our Nintendo accounts and had Mitomo, we'd actually get to know our listeners or know our f- social media people that we don't get to chat with that much. That might actually be kind of cool. That is kind of interesting. Yeah, like it could. I see the potential. I just don't see how. Assuming it's everyone's being honest. <laughs> well, even if they're not, it would still we still learn their sense of humor or something. We, it's not like they're. Gonna, I mean, maybe they troll us, but even then, we get a laugh out of it or be horrified if they tell us they chop up small children. Regardless, you learn something. Like that's kind of neat in a weird way. Like I would never in a million years say it's a killer app or something. Like I wouldn't buy a system to do this. But if it's on my phone, it's by Nintendo, and I want a Nintendo account anyway. Well, why not? Can I tell you that there isn't anything like this right now, or at least that I know of? I mean, is there? No, not real. Not this sort of passive communication thing, no. Oh, that's but, interesting, considering how many apps there are. Yeah, but on the on the flip side of all this, though, even though there's nothing that does it, and it is kind of a cool idea, it, at the same time, it is pretty limited, right? I mean, like, I list one use case of how it could be cool. But are we really going to be playing for, like, weeks on it? Like, checking it daily for weeks on end to see what listener A in Alberta, Canada is his favorite pasta is like i don't know how that would hold our attention i don't think it's something you have to actively want to look at I think no i think it'll push notifications to you maybe but yeah. but even then or even, even then, like, at some point you're gonna stop looking at them because yeah. you'll be like i don't care what ken in florida's least favorite pokemon is i don't know why they would ask for least but but which makes me think which makes me think that this is a trojan horse I think it has a different purpose. And I have theories. Here comes the theories of string theory. I have two theories of what this thing really is all about. And I think this might... I, I am like 95% sure at least part of this will come true. So, everyone ready? All right. Theory number one. Theory number one is that this is nothing more than... I mean, this, this is the easiest theory. This is the obvious one. This is a foot in the door for Nintendo accounts. Nintendo built a thing that said, how can we get people to sign up? And as you said, what better than a little thing where you just make a meeting and call it a day? And by doing, and but the clever thing to me is by doing that, they are setting people up to want to buy the NX. How many times have you heard from people we know that like have an Xbox and are thinking of going to PlayStation, or have a PlayStation and thinking of going to Xbox? Yeah, but all my friends are already in my friends list on Xbox. Or yeah, but I already have everyone on PlayStation. Yeah, that's literally the reason why I know some people bought one over the other. Right. 
Well, one of my friends literally just bought an Xbox, even though he wanted a PS4 more, but all his friends right. Xboxes. Right, it's like, it's a real issue. But here comes Nintendo, who is able to say, hey guys, we have this fun little app. Casual fans, lapsed fans, current fans, you probably all go out and give this thing a shot and see what it's all about. Oh, look, a Nintendo account. You now have a Nintendo account. Oh, look, your friends are here, too. You have, like, 30 friends already on your Nintendo account. And X rolls around 6, 8, 12 months later. Hey, all those people that you already have as friends in Nintendo can instantly play NX with you as soon as they buy one, too. You don't have to do anything. They're already there. It's not quite a full fix or a full solution to the, like, half my friends are on PlayStation situation. But it's basically Nintendo is future-proofing a community of gamers within your own sur- social circle. Yeah, that's true. With this, it's genius. With this Miitomo app, <laughs> you're going to be building a closer relationship with this with these 30 people. Yeah. And, and then by the time with... the NX rolls around, you're going to be so close that you're going to only want to play games with them. <laughs> I mean, you're taking this to big extreme. But I mean, think about it like the, the return the base... rate for the PS4 and Xbox One are going to go through the roof. No, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying like, I think part of a selling point is, part of the selling point of the NX is like, Oh, yeah, it has these cool online experience. Maybe Splatoon 2. That'd be cool. And then you look at your Mutomo app. Or you look Splatoon? at your Nintendo account. Splatoon. Yeah, and you look at your Nintendo account, and you're like, oh, sweet, there are, like, 20 people on here that are, like, we're probably down to play. All right, I already got them. Let's let's do this. So it's not by any means a, a full fix for the problem, but it kind, of, it kind of builds in a network of Nintendo people to hang out with and play games with. A Nintendo network. A Nintendo network in which... You all have an ID. See, it burns like the old one. But anyways, that's theory number one. But um, the, then, the question then becomes, and this is what leads to theory number two, how do you hold these people's attention? These people's attention. Because who cares if you have 30 friends that tried Mitomo once and then left? Like, that's meaningless, right? But with theory number two of mine... I think this is just the beginning of a more elaborate scheme. You can tell I'm getting all excited because I, I like these ideas of mine. Uh, so, if everyone's understanding Mitomo correctly, the app, as you pointed out, is something that just kind of hit you. Like, it just tells you. It like, passively communicates for you and then sends you a push or whatever and says, Hey, Angel has a new interest. And you're like, Oh, what's he interested in? Puppies? So am I. Like, so it already is passively sending you things, right? What other thing of Nintendo's already passively sends you things? Spot Pass. Street Pass Plaza Spot Pass. What is stopping them, being Nintendo, from having Reggie show up in Mitomo and say, Hey, my body's ready, yada, 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 meme, 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 meme. By the way, check out this exclusive Splatoon 2 trailer just for you guys. And then suddenly, Nintendo fans are using the app to get exclusive information. And casual fans who have the app installed but never bothered uninstalling it are like, They're making a Splatoon 2. I heard the first one's good. And then watch the trailer. One of the things that Iwata said a while ago, if I'm not mistaken, I don't directly exactly remember the quote, but one of the things I believe he said was, before they said they were going to do smartphone games, they want to use smartphones to leverage marketing and news about their uh, own consoles and games. This thing is designed to be a marketing scheme wrapped up in a weird communication app. Like, it's already there. Like, it's already doing the passive pushing. Nintendo already has experience passively pushing you things. It just it lines up too perfectly, yeah. when right? When they roll around, or when games roll around, they go, like, oh, here's the shirt yeah. rolled around this Yeah, game. you'll get free stuff for your me. Here's the Star Fox shirt when Star Fox Zero comes out. Yeah, or you oh, get, like, oh. a Mario hat for Mario Universe when that comes out, that's a thing. And then, and then you are now engaging with Nintendo's content more, and you're aware of these games that if you weren't in Mitomo and were a lapsed Nintendo fan, you would never know existed, or definitely not know as immediately. And they could put all sorts of exclusive content, and they could even do things like 
you know, because it's all cloud connected, right? So it can even do things like, hey, um, Sakurai showed up for Smash Bros. 5 and check it out. He gave you new DLC for Smash Bros. 4. Head over to your NX if you got one and turn it on and you'll see it's already there waiting for you. But you only get it if you have the smartphone app with Mitomo. Don't have it? Go buy one. There's still yeah, there buy one right now. Yeah, it's but waiting. It's just waiting for it. Trust me, Best Buy is full of them. But it's, um, they're not selling. But it's, yeah, it's, this is such a brilliant potential marketing opportunity for them. And let's go one step further even. If this thing's already sending people to you at random, potentially... Why not use that cloud Nintendo account to turn it into Street Pass? NX is a hybrid of some, not hybrid physically, but some sort of con- home console and handheld. So if it's gonna have, or supposedly, so if it's gonna have Street Pass, it's only gonna be in the handheld one. What do you do if you only have the home console one? How about you get rid of the Street Pass at all in the core system, and your smartphone becomes a proximity-based thing? And it's a remote street pass, and anytime you pass someone, somehow it somehow calculates it. I don't know how, because you'd have to have Bluetooth or whatever. But you pass someone, they show up with their me and me Tomo, they tell you a fun fact about themselves, they give you a puzzle piece or a piece of game data, you go home to your NX, and in that time, through the cloud, Nintendo knows, oh, your Nintendo account got this puzzle piece, got this game data. You get home, the NX has it waiting for you. Cool, you met Joe in, in the mall, he gave you a new weapon in Splatoon 2. Like, there's so much, I mean, there's so much potential with this. I think, I honestly think because apps are a thing, unlike, even Nintendo's games are doing this, but in general, apps, if you look at iOS, Android, anything, they're constantly evolving and changing. Like, Facebook has updates every two weeks with new features. Like, it's an evolution thing. So if this is, like, getting in at the base level, the ground floor, if Mitomo's just, the initial thing is, we want you to learn about your friends, and then they're like, and learn about us. Oh, and we're going to give you stuff. Oh, and it'll connect to NX. Like, it's, it's a natural progression and it's all following the exact same paradigm of a me walks into a room and tells you something. What does he tell you? <laughs> At first, friend stuff. By the end, he tells you you have awesome content waiting for you on your machine. Like, there's nothing stopping them. And this is a really clever <laughs> it's way. It's still going on right now on the eShop. Yeah, it, no, literally. I mean, they're not going to be that blatant because people will turn away from it. But if they say, like, hey, we got you this awesome... Um, Fatal Frame camera you can wrap around your neck. By the way, did you know Fatal Frame is currently 20% off on the eShop to celebrate its launch? It's not. No one go to the eShop right now. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's so many ways that could casually nudge you towards stuff. Because one of the things I think when I first said, they're going to do a news app, that I think I said here, or you, you might have actually said is, why? Like, who's going to be like, yes, I want Nintendo News download, except core Nintendo fans. This way, they'd get people to find out without having to just... Like blast them with like press release information. Well, I mean, if they make a news app, if it's anything like the whatever it was called my news or just the news. Oh, the news in the Wii Wii channel, the news channel. Yeah, the news channel. Like if it has that little glow that you could zoom out mm-hmm. and then spin around. But it'd be Nintendo news. His whole point was they want to give you Nintendo news through your smartphone. Yeah, but they, I mean, they could still give you a little glow if you could spin around. <laughs> Over here in Europe, there's this Nintendo news. Over just here, spin in around Asia, and then just grab it and then just stop it. Like, all right, I'm gonna look at news. Yeah. In, oh, I guess Europe. All right, let's see what's going on. <laughs> oh, let's see what games come out in Europe today. Like that could actually that could be kind of fun for a few minutes. But <laughs> but that's no. There's no way to like hook people. If, if this was something like during like the Amiibo Haiti, where like oh Amiibo like popping up in like different parts yeah. of the world, like oh this one's available now. Like oh, oh my god, that'd be amazing. If, but I mean, like a real time Amiibo tracker. Yeah, but I mean, that, I mean, like, cool. that kind of seems like that's a really that also be really depressing because America would be a barren wasteland and Europe would be like overflowing <laughs> with just like endless <laughs> like gusher like geysers of Amiibo just shooting out of your screen into yeah. your face 3D effect. And they do it just like how they did it on the Me Channel, where it's like. 
the more stock they have, the higher like they get a tower yeah. of like yeah. new their supplier. Or whatever. It's just a it's just Whoa. a leaning tower of amiibo. Yep. But but yeah no but seriously I think this because even if you don't have an NX even if you don't care about these games every time they tell you news it can give you something in Mitobo or Mitobo Mitomo or do something in Mitomo that benefits you so you'll still check because you want to have cool new stuff to show your friends in Mitomo basically I can't see how you can go wrong with this I know it's a very bold <laughs> statement like it's, it's perfect but honestly this is like it I'm probably pipe dreaming a little here but it makes too much sense for them not to do it. Which means they probably won't because it's Nintendo. Yeah, I mean, I guess we can't deny that the potential is definitely there, and potential, I feel like, the biggest takeaway word. I feel like, possibly, the potential is leaning more towards actually happening, because I don't know if you know about, do you know about the Japanese Messenger app Line in Japan, obviously, because it's Japanese? Yes. Uh, so Nintendo, so Line is just a, it's like a WhatsApp or a whatever, for people that don't know. And in Japan, Nintendo made a Line account, and they're using that Line account to promote their stuff, kind of like Twitter updates, but they also have a couple other things, like they will just push out wallpapers and icons to people for their phones. They have a chat bot who's a little, like, Toad cousin or something. I forgot his name, but he actually talks to you. So, like, you can ask you a question, he'll give you an answer, and if you, fe- if you like, write, like, hey, when's the new Fire Emblem coming out? He'll be like, uh, there's no game called that, but there is one called Fire Emblem. Like, he corrects your spelling and tells you about games, and, like, he has a little sass to him. He's kind of like a little Siri, but he's a Toad. Point being... Nintendo's already trying this stuff online, most of what I'm saying. Like, they're pushing things to people through a messenger app, that's promoting their games, they have an interactive element. It feels like Mitomo is just taking that in-house. Like, it almost feels like Line is prototyping Mitomo a little. Not with the passive friend stuff, but with what they can do next. So that makes me think it might actually happen. Like, there's a better chance than... I'm not just spitballing here. Like, they're trying it already. So... So we'll see, but um, the problem is we're not going to find out very soon. Because, well, first of all, the app has to launch and then evolve from there, but we're not even getting the launch until March of next year, March 2016. And originally it was supposed to be out this year. And the sounds far away, but... In the grand scheme uh, of things... Uh, 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 yeah, it's not that far. I mean, like, we're already basically November, Christmas season. Yeah. Like, I feel like this time of year just goes by really fast. Yeah, I mean, that's true, and that's why I think it's so weird that investors flipped out. Because, like, it is still this fiscal year. Nintendo said they would have it out this fiscal year. They did. They will, barely, by, like, a week, probably. You know you know how they do that? Where they're like, we'll launch the 3DS before the end of our fiscal year. And then they launch it five the last five days of March. And they're like, see? We did it. But, uh, yeah, it's that's partly why they delayed it, is exactly what you're saying. Like, sorry, November, things are going to go fast because of the holidays. Kim Shimo was saying in an interview they're specifically delaying it because they want to promote it heavier, which they can't do until after the holidays because they have other stuff to promote. And also, they want to uh, better integrate in-app purchases because they want the money. But um, but yeah, so it's it's not that far away, but it's far enough away that analysts and investors are freaking out. And I think they're also freaking out because it's not a Nintendo franchise. Like we we literally said earlier, it's neutral. It's as neutral as you can get. This isn't Mario. This isn't Zelda. It's not like someone's gonna go to the app store and be like, "Oh, I'm spending five bucks on that game, and I'm gonna buy every single in-app purchase." You're like, what is this? And you try it. So between those two things, when Nintendo announced this game, which is really an app, and then delayed it for months, their uh, their stock took a hit. At one point, they had a loss of $4.5 billion in their value. Jeez. Yeah. That is a drop in two days of 16% of their stock. Like, a 16% drop in their stock. Their partner, D- DNA, the guys that are both spelled... DNA, but they spelled with an E. Yeah. They lost 19% of, of... They had a 19% drop in their stock. 
when this was announced. And they weren't even directly tied to this. Like, I mean, they're the partner, but they never once said their name. <laughs> Poor them. Yeah, so... You then got on top of that, you got analysts freaking out and saying, like, well, Nintendo clearly not, doesn't know what they're doing. Like, Michael Pack. Like uh, kind of like... It's a knee-jerk reaction. I know, yeah. I mean, like, just, like, thinking of it just from, like, outside, it's like, oh, like, it got delayed. Like, oh, it's not like they said it's not coming out anymore. It just seems like a unnecessary what's, overreaction. What's even dumber... Well, they're playing the short game here, and then you need to look at the long game. Because what's even dumber is Michael Pactor said something about that Nintendo clearly doesn't have any intention of, of using their um, content library. Or porting over their content library or something like that. And it's like, what? They announced one of what they admit are five different apps. This is the most appy of the bunch, probably. We, they have literally said on two separate occasions, once from Iwata when they announced this thing, and then again from Kimishima at this briefing, we are going to leverage all our IP. It's no hold barred. We want to make a profit off this. This isn't just a marketing thing. And yet Pactor comes out and goes, well, clearly they, and they're not doing this for the profit, and they're not using their IPs. It's like, no, they literally just said they... Work. I mean, arguably, like, music is one of their bigger IPs. And it, yes, we sports, we party, we play, we mute, not we music. We, we can't <laughs> deny it. We can't, no. But on top of that, I don't think these investors are even looking at what Nintendo's actually doing. They're seeing one app and one and one uh, delay and going, well, that's, a, that's the end of that. But not really, because Nintendo's like really going all in on this stuff. Hideki, Ko- uh, oh, what's his name? Sorry. <laughs> Hide- Hide- uh, Hideki Kono, there we go. That name doesn't mean much to you, but he's the dude behind Mario Kart going online and setting up all that online infrastructure. And that guy, yes, we saw him at Best Buy. You pointed Buy. him out. I did. And I'm like, who is that? And then I said exactly these words. <laughs> and I'm now like, but oh, he, that's cool. He has been put in charge. He also was in charge of Nintendo cool. Dogs. He was in charge of Nintendo Dogs and its local multiplayer stuff. All that like wireless, like the Bark mode or whatever before Street Pass was a thing. He was in charge of all that, and now he's head of Nintendo's mobile development. So they're putting one of their biggest producers behind that. That's one strike against the investors saying they're not trying. Strike number two, Nintendo just invested $20 million in a developer of Pokemon Go. Or Nintendo, Pokemon Company, and a third party all together invested $20 million in the company developing Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go, for those investors who I forgot, is a Nintendo franchise that's coming to mobile system mobile devices next year in a very big way and arguably their biggest arguably (laughs) their biggest and nintendo is literally making new hardware just for it in the form of a watch in case those investors forgot and i doubt they're listening but in case you're listening investors that trailer for pokemon go has over 18 million views in five weeks that's more than any nintendo product launch trailer or announcement trailer ever like granted zelda twilight princess probably got a lot on ign or whatever but of the youtube era 18 million for a single trailer for a single game. That thing is insane word of mouth, and that's still Nintendo. They're not developing it firsthand, but they're involved with it. It is the property that they own 51% of. That is Nintendo, guys. So if you're freaking out about, well, the first game isn't a game, they have a game, and it is a game. And it has a lot of buzz. So I know I'm getting like all like, ah, but it's just like, it's so stupid that people are saying, oh, well, they have nothing when they have these huge things in the works is there any benefit of the doubt you could possibly give them i mean yes they're looking short term and they're saying well nintendo could have made money off that mobile game this year or their mobile app let's say mitomo does blow up they could have made all that in-app purchase money on those cute little me hats but we don't get that till the end of the fiscal year and after the holidays what a loss opportunity they're not nintendo's gonna not turn a profit because of this they must be hor- you know blah blah blah, yeah. blah blah that's their logic but even then 
I could argue back to them, and I, I know I sound a little fanboyish, but I could argue back to them, guys, did you look at the financials that came with this briefing? Because for the first time in five years, Nintendo saw the first six months of their fiscal year in the black. Every, for the past five years, from April till September, they have been down in operating money. Like, they've been losing money, operating losses, for five straight years until this year. So even if you're like, well, they could make more money with the, uh, with the mobile stuff, yes. But with the struggling Wii U, with the struggling 3DS, they're still making more money than they have since the Wii. So, or not more, but they're making, they're they're making money for the first time since the Wii. So even then, like, cool down, just wait a minute, you'll, you'll see. And, and to be fair, their stock has leveled a bit more and it turns out a lot of the drop was actually gains that were made when Iwata first announced the mobile deal. They, they skyrocketed when he first announced it and now it's kind of coming back down from that. But still, the fact that it's coming down at all when nothing really changed except three months. Yeah. It's a little weird. But, but that actually brings us kind of nicely to the financial part of the financial briefing um, a bit. Or at least, at least like what, how things are doing for the rest of Nintendo outside of mobile. So that's mobile. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see where Mitomo Mi goes. I mean, would you use it daily if... I'd use it daily for a while. <laughs> well, I mean, like if Nintendo did... Well, maybe not even daily, but let's say Nintendo did the idea I was thinking of. Would that actually be something you... Do you think that would be something most people would actually... Do or most gamers would actually be like, okay, cool. I think so. I mean, there's tons of time during the day where you could just have like nothing to do and just like fiddle with your phone. I mean, why right. not spend like a minute on that? Mm-hmm. I mean, and judging on like the the popularity of Street Pass and how community whole communities popped up for that everywhere. I mean, it doesn't seem that far fetched to be like, well, why don't you just put that experience on? It, it also just seems like it would just make life even easier. Like, I'm. If something gets implemented that way, just imagine convention going. Yeah. Like you, like you're already on your phone most of the time in line. It's not. It'd be. It just seems like less of a hassle to have to like take out your 3ds and boot up the app or close your yes. other game. And yes. And the other nice thing is because phones have so much more memory, it won't be limited to ten people <laughs> if you did normal street passing or something like that. Yeah. Completing puzzles would be less of a hassle. Yeah. You know what? I, now I think about it, the only way I can see street pass working is if they do something like everyone in this location and shuffle because you can't really do a direct one to one ping like you can with uh, the 3DS I don't think but you could do something like they can triangulate their location and everyone else in that location they just pluck all the Miis and put them on each other's system so kind of like um, I guess like Foursquare oh no you check into well Foursquare you check in but oh, yeah, any yeah. app that asks for your location even apps that don't your browser anything that's a banner ad they can triangulate your location if you give it permission so if you tell Nintendo sure you can use my location they can say okay there are this many people inside these three antennas within the range of these antennas that's what triangulation is it, yeah yeah so everyone in there, we're just gonna shuffle them, and you'll get to see, you know, you'll pass those people and get the stuff. So it's doable, but um, I think that, like I said, I think that's the last phase in the whole process. I think the next phase would be Nintendo pushing their own people on you, and then from there they'll push strangers. Because right now they're in the whole like, oh, it's safe for children; it'll be okay. Do you remember how far into the 3ds of life it was until we got Street Pass was day one? No, 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 no. Oh, until, until we got like Nintendo execs on Street Pass. With E3. 2012, possibly, maybe 2013. It was one of the E3s. Once Spot Pass was up and running, which was not at launch, yeah. that took a while, yeah, yeah, they yeah. started trickling them out. It used to be Miyamoto, pretty much. It was like, Miyamoto showed up, and Reggie, and Iwata. Yeah. And then it was like, like I just got one uh, yesterday for Halloween. Kyle! Like, who's Kyle? <laughs> I've never met, I don't know of any Kyle at Nintendo. And it's like, 
it's Halloween. Look at my ghost hat. It's like, I don't know who you are or why you're here. But, um, <laughs> but I like you now. But I like you now. I you don't remember your name. You have a ghost hat. But, uh, yeah, so I think Nintendo's going to have to... It'll be interesting how who they push. Maybe they'll push characters opposed to executives. Because, like, outside the Nintendo bubble, who on earth knows who Reggie is? Actually, no, a lot of people do. My body is ready. That's a real meme. Uh, who knows who, like, Kono is, the architect of Mario Kart Online? I barely knew. Yeah. So I think they would probably push, like, oh, look, it's Mario telling you about his game. Woohoo, or whatever. God, that'd be so cheesy. They'll figure out a way to do it, but I'm sure they're going to do it. Um, but anyway, I That mean, would be interesting to yeah. see, like, the characters get three past. Yeah, yeah. Or spot pass in this case. Yeah, if anything, that kind of makes sense. Like, when their game is about to come out, like, have Fox come out. like And, and tell you fun facts about himself. Like, yeah. did you know he loves ramen? Or whatever. It, it would do something like <laughs> Actually, that. Actually, it'd be Slippy who loves ramen, and he'd slurp it, slurp it like a frog with a tongue, because it makes sense. He likes flies on his ramen. Yes, yes. Be something like That's that. what, yeah, it'd be really cheesy. It, yes, Slippy comes out, did you know I like fry, uh, flies on my ramen? By the way, I have a game next week. Here's the trailer. But, yeah, yeah. It, it could be cool. Fox would have to be vegetarian, because it's not like he could eat hair. Oh, that's true. But... Or they have... Or, yeah, he, or a bird. He couldn't eat chicken because Falco get offended. He, he, he could basically eat his whole team if he wanted to. Yeah. Man, don't get on his bad side. Man. Really just and he does have a pretty you. scary angry face. He does, he does. Yeah. Especially in, like... What was it, that Super Nintendo? Yes, yeah, yeah. That was a really angry fox. Well, his dad. He was avenging his dad's death. You can understand it. Or what he thought was his dad's death. Spoiler alert from 1995. Uh... Or was that 64 that his dad wasn't actually dead? No, that was the original. Never mind. Or was his dad dead? I seem to remember his dad being alive and alive somewhere along the line. Spoiler from anywhere from 1995 till 2015. I know it was something like the fours. <laughs> was it? Something like that. Oh, like, yeah. Like, like his dad yeah. definitely died, but it was like, it's like, oh, dad, come here. Like, I'm like, talking through. I still find it amusing that the inspiration for Star Fox was the Thunderbirds TV show and some and some uh, statues in Kyoto. Like, seriously? <laughs> like, because you know the story, right? Miyamoto yeah. saw those arches in Kyoto, the walkway, like, oh, imagine flying a plane through these. First of all, who thinks that when you're walking <laughs> in a park? But secondly, and then he's like, oh, I'm they didn't come up with a game, like, wow, like a game where you walk through these. Oh, that'd be the slowest <laughs> game ever. But, the, but then... You make it work. I mean, not, that's true, he's Miyamoto. But then not only that, but this is the same Miyamoto that wanted to end GoldenEye with all the... Did you, did you, you heard yeah. about this, right? He wanted to end GoldenEye by... Having all the combatants that you've killed be in a hospital and you go bed to bed shaking their hands Honestly, because that, death that would, is sad. That, that, so that, that, that'd be one of the best. Like that'd be the most. Like, like, like imagine like as the credits are rolling, like you have to actually like go to every. You can't go to every single yeah. person. Honestly, like I would have to also see like kind of like an extension of that, like in a first like another first person shooter where you presumably the kill counts are really really big. Yeah. Like I want to see like everyone make a line and just have like their hand out and you like run up paddling you on like the high five like like after a basketball game yeah like after yeah like after a game oh that would be, or after like a motivational like, every single person you kill that would be so good you see how long you get that line it, it's funny because like everyone laughed when that happened but you have to admit if they did that it'd be like the most memorable ending to a game yeah. of all time and they kind of did it what they did instead of the hospital is when you beat Goldeneye it lists all the characters and their actors and at the end it says filmed on location and then lists locations they treat it like you were playing a movie. So it kind of addresses Miyamoto saying, like, oh, that's a lot of death without actually yeah. doing the hospital thing, which would have been so amazing. I could see some games pulling that off. Like a Metal Gear Solid game that ends with you re-meeting uh, everyone in the hospital, that seems totally plausible. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was that was my favorite news story of the last two weeks. Better than any of the stuff we're talking about today was 
GoldenEye ending with handshakes in a hospital. What was it? Those I literally laughed out loud when I read it. That was one before that. That was. Uh, no, he was just saying. All he said was killing is sad. So <laughs> the game feels sad. Yeah, but he had two suggestions, though. One was to remove the killing. Or no, wait. That's I like, don't remember. That's like, one was the hospital thing, but there was one before that that was a little more extreme that was kind of like, yeah, they're not going to definitely do that. No, I think the hospital one was the one they shot down. No, well, they shot both down. There was definitely two. I'm looking, I'm looking. See, but, this is something I didn't expect we were going to talk about. I mean, it's not that uh, Oh, yeah, he found the close-up killing to be a bit bad. But here's the article. See how fast I can pull that up with the power of the internet? Uh, well, I mean, you can find it fast, but it's still... Oh, I'll of, find it. Of the Wi-Fi uh, uh, connecting you to the uh, Yeah, well, you know what? It's it's. I could have used my phone, too. And I didn't need your stupid Wi-Fi. So so don't take all the credit. Um, no, I no, because I saw I was looking at your screen and it took a while to load. Oh, oh, oh. I thought you were, like, saying, well, you only load it because of my Wi-Fi. No. Uh, no. Yeah, I don't see the other one, but I know it was there. Did you beat Wi-Fi? I mean, did you beat Wi-Fi? Did you I, beat I destroyed 7? Wi-Fi. I'm, I like, I'm next level Wi-Fi. I'm five. Did you beat Double Seven, by the way? No, of course not. I don't beat my games. Oh. How do you know about the credit sequel, Jason? Because from 1997, I've seen YouTube. I'm just having conversations by myself at this point. I never owned it. It was a really fun game. I used to play it with my dad all the time as a kid. It's funny because when I bought it, um, oh, I got, I got it with my N64. I played the Wii game. Oh, I played the Wii one too. Yeah. That's pretty good, but the original. I only got it for the golden controller. Oh, yeah, the Golden Classic. But it's funny, when I got GoldenEye for N64, I bought my N64, and my parents said, you can get four games. I had three picked out, and I didn't know what to get for a fourth. And then the GameStop employee, which it was in software, etc., was like, hey, you should get uh, GoldenEye. It's a rare game. But he meant buy <laughs> Rare, who I didn't know who that was. I was eight. And I'm like, ooh, it's rare. And it's, is it like James Bond? He's like, yeah, it's that GoldenEye. I'm like, oh, I'll get it, sure. And I get home, and the screen boots up, and it's like rare. And I'm like, why would they call the game rare on the game? And they're like, oh, that's the developer. And it was like, um, oh, but I'm really happy I got it. It's one of my favorite N64 games. But it was it was just really funny that he like sold it to me, <laughs> thinking he was saying one thing, and little eight year old Jason totally heard something else. Mm-hmm. But that's what it's like to be a kid. But anyway, um, back on track a bit. You had a few rare games by then, right? No, that was my first. Oh. Well, it was weird. Is I had Diddy Kong Racing also. I was buying it at the same time, but he didn't go, that's a rare game. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, all right. But, you have uh, two rare games. You have two rare games. Wow. You know how much money that's worth? But <laughs> I'll tell you right now. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's $70 each. Remember when S64 games cost 70 in some circumstances? If they were the bigger cartridge? I don't. It was, yeah. Don't, uh, I don't remember okay. they were pricey. They were. So it was 70 at times. But I mean, 69, what kid S64 games? Uh, older kids. Older kids. Yes. Yeah. But anyway, uh, speaking of money... Back to the topic at hand, which is now intense financials. Um, I mentioned they had a good six months, and that investors seem to be ignoring that. And it was good. So they announced financials for the period, technically, of July through September, which they call second quarter for their fiscal year. But since it's the halfway point of their entire fiscal year, they also released numbers that cover that. So what we know is Nintendo's doing much better this first half of 2015 than they were 2014. I'm not going to go too much into the specific like raw numbers, but just to give you an idea... The first six months of 2014, they had an operating loss of 215 million yen. Just keep that number in the back of your head. First six months of 2015, they had an operating profit. So they made back that 215 million. They made an additional 8.9 billion yen. They made 75 million bucks these past six months. And everyone says they're doomed. Uh, it's quite amazing what difference a year can make. But the, one of the biggest success stories of how they did that was, as you probably guess, Amiibo. They have sold... In the nine months it's been around on this planet, 
opposed to other planets, I guess. They have sold 21.1 million amiibo. It's a pretty big number. Granted, some of us own like 50. I'm looking at you. but Do I own 50? Yeah, more. There's 47 right. Smash Bros. ones, which all said and done, but they're not quite done yet. So let's say there's 40. And then you have the three Inkling. The, uh, you will have a Mega Yarn Yoshi. You have the Mario Anniversary. You have more than 40 of the Smash Bros. one anyway. Uh, yeah. yeah, you just have probably missing, about 50. Just missing um, uh, Me Fighters, which have to get this Sunday and Falcon. The day this goes up, actually. And that's the whole game. Smash Bros. cast. Minus DLC. I'm not counting the DLC. Are, are you getting YouTube? Yeah, maybe. Nah, I have to. <laughs> wow, your whole train of thought just laid out in front of us. Thank you. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, they sold 21 million Amiibo in the past year. Less than the past year, nine months. Uh, this past quarter, July till September, was actually their best quarter of Amiibo sales ever. And by ever, I mean of the three they've had. Or four they've had. 6.41 million Amiibo just in the last three months. Wow. Uh, that is heavily driven by the Smash Bros. releases in September, as well as the 30th anniversary Mario's. Not so much Splatoon. Not so much the other stuff. Uh, I'm actually kind of interested, though, or it's actually kind of inter- interesting to see how that breakdown is. Because, like I said, like the Mario one did well, and Smash Bros. did well, but they Nintendo put out these charts of what's sold best in every region, Japan, North America, Europe. I'm not going to go through all of it. There's a link on the blog post for those who are curious. Um, just go to the financial briefing, and it's on page two or three of the briefing, but what's interesting to me is Link was number one in the West. Still, he's the best-selling amiibo in both the U.S. and Europe. Here in the U.S., Zelda and Toon Link also chart in the top ten. In Europe, they do not. In Japan, number one is Animal Crossing amiibo card packs have already sold more than anything else, and Inkling Boy and Inkling Girl are both in the top ten there, but are nowhere to be seen in the rest of the world. It's interesting how different people's tastes are in different parts of the world. That is interesting. Yeah, and so, like I said, for those who want to see the full list, we have a link on the blog post, but uh, we should probably take a moment to discuss those Amiibo cards that are number one in Japan already. Those things are doing insanely well. Eight no point- Rocco. No Rocco yet, I know. They're on two, two, Series they, 2, and there's still no Rocco. Yeah, I mean, I, he's like a starter character like in almost like every, I guess, default village yeah. you create. I'm, I'm really... I don't think he's a starter character. I've only had him in one game. I've had him in every single game I've maybe, played, always in the beginning. Maybe just are that close to him. I don't know, I mean, because, like, he that's, what, you out. that's what I thought he was, like, a starter character, because it seemed like everyone had him, like, no, Elvis had him. No, like, starter characters, they're all randomized. You don't have starter characters. No, I know, but that's why, like, he just... They have, thought, starter, they have default personalities they always start you with, and I think his personality is the least bountiful. It's the fewer number of, fewest number of animals with it, so the odds are in your favor. But he's the t- he's the fake macho guy, right? Like all the other Not big really, animals. Wait, no. what's his personality? Is his personality the macho guy or, like, the jokester one? I don't know. He's kind of weird. He's He's kind of like the. He pretends to be mean to you, mm. but that's why I meant by the macho but, but, guy. But, but, but no. Oh right, because the macho guys are friendly. Yeah, but, he's the mean. The macho guy literally just talks about working you're out. Right. The whole I, time. You're right. The mean spirited are the least common ones. Though. He's he's kind of like mean to you, but then deep down inside, he's like he's actually nice. He's like the sweetest person ever, and then yeah. eventually hard exterior, soft hard shell, soft interior. Yeah. I don't know. Because I remember but, at first, like, I didn't like him, but then I got to know him, and then we became best friends, and he gave me his portrait. I'm just going to remind you. Yes, I know. These lines of code in a video game. Very well written lines of code. Yes, but uh, you can thank the treehouse for that. But, yeah, that's the most, the least common personality type, I think, is the mean one. So. That makes sense. So, the odds of you getting him are higher. But, he may not be an amiibo card yet. But even without him, Nintendo has shipped 
8.6 million individual cards, and it's only been out since July in Japan. July 30th, it launched in Japan. And then from then till the end of September, so two months, 8.6 million cards. They had shortages to the point where they had to delay Series 2 until this, you know, until December in Japan because they couldn't produce enough of Series 1. Wow. It's, I mean, it's popular here. It's been, you know, on and off on Amazon. It's been selling out, coming back a couple weeks later. But in Japan, it's like almost as bad as Amiibo was here at the start. It feels so nice to not have to worry about Amiibo lately. Yes. Like, yes. like I don't even like bat an eye at the fact that the Amiibo for Animal Crossing are coming up. It's just like, like maybe I glance on like whenever the KK thing come up, but then I'm like, nah. <laughs> I've had yeah that thought has crossed my mind and Mama, Nintendo's one banking two, on those. I forgot the name recent recent oh Renona? we start laughing again Renona, Renona. yes Renona Riders <laughs> Uh it's recent uh, Cyrus <laughs> Sir, oh Cyrus syrup <laughs> yeah this, so this is maple and this is boysenberry and together there's a syrup llamas. why not just maple but, and syrup oh cause that'd be clever that to come up with a random off brand of off type of uh, syrup but either way like I mean are they still doing well? They're ha- uh, the Animal Crossing figure. Yeah, dude, just, the, the figurines are doing great. I just told you they sold more this past quarter than ever. But well, in yeah, terms but of I Animal mean, Crossing, I mean the cards are doing super well, so I imagine the figures will do well at least in Japan. But Nintendo's banking on it. I mean, they said in their briefing, they're like, "What's next for Amiibo? Well, this holiday we're releasing all these Animal Crossing ones and a Yarn Yoshi. Yarn Yoshi's selling well, by the way. But Animal Crossing, well, that's gonna be gangbusters. They really should have waited on. Um, they shipped over four months. Um, Sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, I guess, like, with the, the Mega Yarn Yoshi, or even just the Yarn Yoshi in general, I feel I really feel they should have waited on releasing the, the Woolly World stage in Smash Brothers, kind of like they did with Mario Maker. Yeah. Like, I feel like it just being there from the beginning was kind of cool. Well, it was cool in the sense that, like, oh, whoa, it's a game that's not even out yet. This is the first for Smash Brothers. Yeah. But you didn't really have context or any kind of, like, nostalgia for it. It was just kind of there. And also feels different than the final game. Yeah. Which, I mean, when we talk about the game at the tail end of the show, but, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll probably talk about the aesthetic, but it is, there are some small, but there's subtle, but no, subtle, but no, well, there's subtle, but definitely there differences it, in how the Smash Bros. stage looks and feels as like a woolly world versus how woolly world looks and feels as woolly world. It's, it's kind of those things where it's like, oh, you could tell like they were working on this game before the other one was way finished, so they like yeah. were... Just kind of like, okay, we know the console, so let's just make the stage. I think a perfect example is the Mario Kart 8 stage in Smash Brothers. In in Mario Kart 8, the Mario Circuit stage is being suspended. Like, on lately. support beams. Yeah, support beams, but in the Smash Brothers stage, it's just kind of floating. And then you can see floating islands in the back. So it's kind of like... That never right. existed in the real so they're game. they're like, oh, yeah. here's this Mario stage that's like a figure 8. All right, make it work. And then they're like, huh, how are they going to support it? All right, magic. You could, tell, you could tell, yeah, you could tell that they told the Smash... They decide after giving the Smash Bros team the assets, like, oh, maybe we should put logic in Mario Kart so everything makes sense. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> should no, we it's, tell them? It's super... No. Nah, it's okay. They're Sakura working hard. <laughs> so we don't want Sakura to break his hand he already hurt the other one but you know because he'd be punching a wall in anger or something i don't know but um yeah it's it's interesting if you think about if you think about marker in general the fact that everything in the game has logic like every little weird obstacle in the game that there sentence. is there's some <laughs> sort of yeah that sentence right but there's some sort of like logic in mario kart like oh the piranha plant is going to the sky that's what's holding up the thing you're driving on or oh the the support beams are the track or oh this enemy goes here and does that like it all Nothing is just like, well, it's magic. Yeah. Well, it's Mario. I mean, more so than anything, like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but, like, I wouldn't, like, if that stage wasn't there from the beginning, like, say they even made it, like, beforehand, and we just didn't know about it. Right. Like, 
no one would really miss it. Like, it's not even like a, a stage. <laughs> no one knew. People, they can't miss yeah, it. Yeah, like, like it's not even a stage people played competitively. And if they released it later, kind of like Mario Maker, like, I, there was a period where I wasn't even playing. Like, my Smash Brothers playtime has definitely diminished a lot. Right. But when Mario Maker stage came out, like, I started playing it a lot more. Like, even on, on the Omega version. It's like, right, right. Like any of the stage, but it was like a new stage, so it was exciting. So it would have been cool just to come back to it again, like, for a Woolly World stage. And it would have been even cooler because. Now we have to play Woolly World, and it's like, Yeah, oh. and that synergy, yep. that synergy that they missed out on. But you know what's interesting about the Yarn Yoshi Amiibo is I felt like everyone thought those were going to be hard to get, and they're actually not that hard to get. Nintendo was saying they shipped 400,000 of them to the West. Huh. That's a fair number. Like the little ones. But yeah, but, yeah, but to your point about the DLC, yeah, I, I agree that that was kind of a missed, op- a missed marketing opportunity, if nothing else. Yeah, I wonder why they felt... Well, they originally, were gonna, they originally were going to release Yoshi War oh, in like February. Right. So that would have been a couple months after Smash, and then the free publicity in their big holiday game. Yeah. If they stuck to their own yeah, schedule, yeah, guess, which is horrible at doing this year. Yeah. But if they did, it would have been no, That's a good point. I guess because it got so delayed, it pretty much made, it made having it the stage there the point. pointless. Yeah, 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 yeah. but... Um, how do we get on topic of... Well, oh, we were talking about the Amiibo, Animal Crossing yeah. Amiibo. But yeah, the Animal Crossing Amiibo, I'm really curious to see how the second way... Or the second... The figurines do versus the cards. Because the figurines are... Nintendo's positioning them as like, oh, well, Smash Bros. is done, but now we have Animal Crossing. So it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, maybe they'll get lucky because the game, Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer, is doing quite well for itself. Doing gangbusters, as some, some say. Sound like hotcakes. It's getting cool Monster Hunter DLC. Yes, or it, it is. Already did. I don't it's know. coming out this month sometime. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it, it looks pretty cool. But, um, the yeah, the game, it's been out since July 30th in Japan, along with the Amiibo cards. The game's already sold a million copies worldwide. In the U.S., in the five days it was tracked by uh, NPD, which is, you know, the U.S. sales tracking folk, 115,000 copies in five days. Wow. Which, for a 3DS game of a niche tile like that, is pretty good. So, uh... A lot of this success, according to Nintendo in the briefing, was actually due to women, which you can imagine for a... Watch this stereotype fly in. You can imagine for a game about uh, interior decorating that a lot of women would want to play. And the stats show I'm not just being a jackass. They really do. Because <laughs> 70% of people that bought Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer in Japan and played it were female. Huh. And if you recall, a while ago, when Nintendo talked about how they want to boost sales of the 3DS, one of the things they kept saying was... We want to get the females involved. We want to get more women to play the thing because we tapped out on the men with Monster Hunter and Smash. Let's get the women. And it's working. Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer is one of their biggest selling games of the year so far. Uh, it has helped propel the 3DS to see sales um, up for the first half of this year versus the first half of last year. It went from 2.09 million in 2014 to 2.28 million this year. So we're not talking giant numbers. But it is up a little, and I'm sure some of that's also because of the uh, new 3DS XL launch here in the U.S. back at the beginning of the year. But nonetheless, yeah, it's up. So then it becomes like what Nintendo's plan to keep it up, because, you know, we're still at least probably a year from the NX, what are they going to do? And it's more female-friendly stuff, in Japan at least. They are going to release a series of faceplates for the 3DS that they're hoping are going to be more desirable for women and make them want the system, which is such a shallow way of thinking about it. But there's going to be a Hello Kitty one. There's going to be a Mario 30th Anniversary one that has kind of like a pattern that looks almost like a designery thing. Oh, and there's so another one with a ton of sprites on it. Yes, kind of like that. Except it's like big. It's like a checkerboard of different sprites, but it's very colorful and vibrant. And yeah, so they're doing that. They're going to keep pushing Animal Crossing. They have Style Savvy Three, um, Trendsetter or whatever it's called. 
Uh, and that's what they're doing over in Japan to boost sales. And then here in the West, their plan is to push new titles and push evergreen titles, the games that just keep selling. I've already seen it in action. I don't know. Have you seen the ho- the holiday 3DS ad until put on their YouTube a few days ago? They're airing on TV, too. No. It's three different games. I'm blanking out on one of them, but two of them are Zelda, the new one, Triforce Heroes, and Super Smash Bros. You got a year-old game that they're selling as if it's brand new right alongside an actual brand new game. So that, in a nutshell, embodies how Nintendo's trying to market the 3DS this year, because a ton of people might not have Smash Bros. for 3DS, even though it's officially outsold Melee now, oh. the 3DS version. Um, Would that really have been hard to do? Actually, I just misspoke. I don't think it outsold Melee. I think it outpaced the sales rate of Melee. I should clarify that. I'm not sure which it is. It, no. It's doing something better it's than one Melee. Of it's doing something better than Melee, but... Uh, yeah, so they're doing that, and then separately, new titles are pushing um, Yo-Kai Watch. For those who haven't noticed, Nintendo's pushing that one hard, very hard. We'll talk about the demo a little later, kind of to wrap up the episode, but here's an idea of how hard they're pushing it. They have announced a 2DS bundle for Yo-Kai Watch here in the U.S. that costs the exact same price as a standard 2DS, so 100 bucks, and you get the game and the system. So in other words, if you do the math, you're getting a $60 3DS capable system and a standard $40 game. 60 bucks. You're getting a 2DS for the price of a Wii U game. Like, that's insane. Like, if that doesn't sell systems to parents, like, any parent could go, well, that looks like a good deal. That seems so cheap. It's, it's almost so tempting cheap. to get one. Just to have a 2DS, yeah. Yeah. It's really tempting, like, as Nintendo hardcore. Let's go, let's go get one. Well, it's not out yet. Wait when, till November when, when, 6th or whatever it is. Well, when it's out. <laughs> Didn't mean now. I thought you were going to be like, well, when's November 6th? I'm like, on the 6th, <laughs> five days from when this podcast goes live. But um, but yeah, so that's how Nintendo's doing it. And also in Europe, we talked about this last episode, they have the Nintendo Selects, which are going to be budget-priced evergreen tiles that are going to help revive sales. So that, in a nutshell, is 3DS. It's a little up. They're going to try and keep it up. I don't think they have a ton of faith. To, and they're also doing Mario and Luigi, you know, Paper Jam, and poke, uh, in other parts of the world, and Pokemon Super Mystery Dungeon here in the U.S. So they're doing stuff, and they're hoping to just keep it going. Then there's the Wii U... Which is actually faring pretty well, all things considered. I would almost call it the success story of the two systems. Um, sales were up. In Q1 of 2015, they sold 0.47 million. In Q2 of 2015, which is these past few months, they sold 0.72 million. I mean, we're not talking gangbusters here, but going from 470,000 to 720,000 is nothing to. It seems significant. Yeah, it's pretty significant. And that 720000 is actually up from the same period last year, which, keep in mind, was following Mario Kart. Last year, that summer window, they saw 610000 This year, it's 720000 So that's actually a noticeable jump, thanks to two games primarily, Splatoon and Mario Maker. If you combine those with, of course, continued success of Mario Kart and Smash Bros., uh, they have helped Wii U reach a lifetime sales goal. You ready for this number? 10.73 million units sold since the console launch in 2012. 12. Why is that number significant? It Why? officially makes it better. Hold your hats, everyone. It's officially outsold the Dreamcast. Oh. It's officially outsold the system that Sega killed because it was selling too poorly. Three years in. Three years? Four years in. Three years in. The Wii U... Is better than the Dreamcast, and only half of what the game did. <laughs> so, so I mean, it's all in you know, it's all relative, but it's not quite the floppiest flop that ever flopped. It's a notch above. 
Well, I mean, if you ignore the virtual. Oh yeah, board. yeah. But um, but the games are doing quite well. I mean, that's oh, the Gizmodo. It, it, oh, in case you're wondering, by the way, yeah, well, that's true. The Gizmodo was a train wreck. In case you're wondering, just to be clear. Uh, the Dreamcast sold 10.6 million. We use at 10.73 million, so it's just skated by. But of course, it'll still sell for a little while, thanks to Splatoon and Mario Maker. Splatoon actually is doing quite well. 800,000 copies sold worldwide just this past quarter, which means lifetime sales of this game, which again is a brand new franchise for Nintendo, so it's a gamble. 2.42 million copies. That puts it ahead of the total sales of Wind Waker HD, and perhaps less significantly ahead of uh, Wii Party U. <laughs> so, so on the ranking of like the best-selling games, it's now three notches in for Wii U. But still, for Nintendo taking Gamble on a brand new franchise, I hope this makes them do it more often. And uh, Kimishima was saying, and in, in, I don't remember if it was during a financial briefing or one of the interviews he did after, but he was saying, yes, we need to do more new IP like this. Like, this has been good opportunities to get young blood to make new games and yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe we'll see some more cool stuff. The other big driver was, of course, Mario Maker. That sold 1.88 million units worldwide in just the three weeks it was out before they stopped, you know, before the quarter ended, um, which is pretty good. Here in the U.S., it actually led to a 110% jump in Wii U sales month over month, which means, that according to MPD leaks, that's about 85,000 units, which is, sadly for the U.S., pretty impressive for Wii U. Uh, but it also landed number six spot on the September top ten software overall against the likes of Madden and whatnot. So, so it's holding its own, and people are playing it. 3.3 million courses have been uploaded. It's a lot of courses. Yeah. Is that, and by any chance, do you know how that compares to the stats of Little Big Planet? I have no idea. Well, I, I should have done that. I should do deeper research. But no, it has, they have uploaded 3.3 million. I'm curious. Million like, I mean, like, you could just pick like the most recent one or take like, oh, by this time, like Little Big Planet had. I know, I know for a fact they've definitely. Won- a few of them have passed are like well into the millions. I mean, obviously. Well, yeah, I'm Especially sure. I'm sure Little Big Planet's in the tens of millions because we're talking yeah. three. We're talking that three point three number was as of last week. So we're talking four and a half weeks, maybe. Especially of Mario because Maker. I know, like from one to two, the courses transferred, and I'm pretty sure maybe. Well, then that's cheating the system ever so slightly, like yeah. in terms of the count, because then you have a baked in tens of million right off the bat. Well, I mean the. They just keep adding stuff. They don't necessarily change how you make levels. Yeah, that's true. But but I mean, like, to, yeah. But still, 3.3 million is insane if you stop and think about it. There was another stat that I can't seem to find anymore. I forgot to write it down on my little, you know, <gasps> uh, note here. I've talked about it before. I have the notes, so I'm not just... Well, what? I memorize all these numbers? Is that what you think? I'm sorry, listeners. If you think I memorize all these numbers, I don't. Mr. Perfect is not so perfect. I never said I was perfect. And by the way, to be clear, Nintendo announced it sold a million in early October, and at that time it had 2.2 million courses. Now it's at 3.3 a couple weeks later, so it's growing exponentially. How many of them are good? Well, that's that's <laughs> not a question that Nintendo wants to answer. <laughs> um, How probably, many courses are five, playing? Five, six, seven. At least ten, maybe. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so Nintendo's goal, yeah, at least 10. I, I, I say 20. I'm going big. Oh. 20 levels are worth playing. But anyway, the, uh, the thing worth noting is that uh, Nintendo wants to keep this momentum going. And to do that, they have claimed they want to, quote, maintain the attention level for both Splatoon and Mario Maker. So, to me, that means DLC. 
And in the case of Mario Maker, they already kind of announced that they're going to do that. Because, you know, the DLC worked for Smash Bros. It worked for Mario Kart. They got attention. It turns out that if you look... Uh, Nintendo released the top-selling eShop digital-only content. Top ones, Mario Kart DLC and Smash Bros. DLC. So doing more DLC is an easy way to keep it in the spotlight, keep marketing on it, uh, keep people paying attention to it. Two weren't there? No, believe it or not, the Coin Rush bonus stages of Mario 2 did not make it into the top five downloads of all time. Mario Golf? No. Wow. No, the games that they marketed heavily, shockingly, were the ones that were there. Mario Golf just kind of fell to the wayside. They gave up on that one fast after it bombed at retail. Well, yeah, I think that once they finished what they said they were going to do, they know it. Well, it's more like the game did not sell well, so it's like, why well, keep supporting it? That's a really good game. It was, which is a really disappointment that Mario Tennis Open sold really well and was kind of half-hearted, but Mario Golf World Tour was really good, but didn't sell well. Like, yeah. The world is an unfair place. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean... You know, with Mario Kart, every time they did the DLC pack, they did new marketing, and that raised its profile. And everyone was chatting about it on social media, so they had viral word of mouth multiple times a year. And now they get to do it again with Splatoon and Mario Maker. So with Mario Maker, they have announced that on November 4th, they are adding some functionality and modes. Uh, namely, you can finally add checkpoints to your levels, which is something every Mario game has had since 3, so it's a little... Or no, not since 3, since World. Yeah, or, I mean, some stages need them. Others, honestly, like, I mean, I doubt a lot of these hard impossible levels especially there's some really really well-made levels yeah where it's almost like a puzzle but they're like it's almost just as interesting just to watch them someone play just because they look impossibly hard and so devious like uh-huh. oh carry this koopa shell throw it against the wall jump on it as it bounces back and at the same time catch this thing that's falling from the sky and then throw that up so it bounces up so you can land and spin <laughs> jump like this crazy amount of thing that people are doing mario maker levels yeah and says the guy who made a nearly impossible flappy bird clone Three people have passed it since I put it up. I'm not one of them. That's right. how you should know. And so, <laughs> well, so while that's great for a lot of, a lot longer yeah, levels, yeah, yeah. but I mean, yeah, a lot of levels I definitely don't need them. So it's just good that at least we have that option. Yeah, I think I think it's a nice plus. And they also added another Mario staple that was sorely missing, which actually this one to me is a bigger deal than the checkpoints. The checkpoints are like, okay, sure. So the, the game that doesn't keep track of lies lets you start in the middle. Okay. But uh, the one that really caught my eye was progressive power-ups are now a thing. You know, in a normal Mario game, if you're small Mario, you get a mushroom when you hit a block. If you're big Mario, you get a fire flower or a tanuki tail or a cape or whatever. But in Mario Maker, it was always you get whatever items put in there. Now you can double stack the items. So depending on if you're small or super, you will get the appropriate matching item, which I think I think that opens up some interesting possibilities for level create, create, uh, creation because you get different paths for different power-ups, basically. Yeah, basically. So it could be pretty cool. Um, both of those are part of the free update that also includes an update to the little Nat Swatting minigame, which now is a hard mode, get ready. And uh, perhaps most significantly of all, they are adding a new section to Course World, and they're adding a new filter to Course World. The yeah, section, the, or the filter, the filter's the easy one, we'll get that one out of the way. Nintendo made courses. Which there what I be, thought they were going to be like from the very beginning. So did I, it was a weird oversight. Then it was uh, just tutorials or showcases. Yeah, yeah, so these courses come from Nintendo. Well, I think it would be really cool, I don't know if they'll do it, but right now it's just various courses, but imagine if they got people that didn't make Mario, doesn't, don't work on Mario to do it, like, oh, here's Anuma, the Zelda producer's oh, Mario okay. course, or here's the <laughs> Wow, that's terrible. Yeah, or, <laughs> man, it's just like a big room with a little item in the corner, I don't understand. Or like, here's uh, Splatoon's team, the Splatoon team's level. Like, they could, Nintendo could have some fun synergy moments. They're like, hey, we brought in the developers at Goodfield from Yoshi War World and had them made a, make a real Mario level. Like, there's a lot of opportunities, so that's kind of cool. But the even bigger opportunity to me, and perhaps the potentially coolest, 
is that they are adding what they call um, event courses. Should be a little icon in the top left when you go to Course World, and opening that will give you access to special courses made by any number of people. So remember the Facebook hackathon from August from Mario Maker, the winning course Ship Love that will be there on November fourth uh, within the event courses. If you want to play the uh, PAX Prime Omegathon final level Mario Maker, which is a big surprise for the competitors, that will be there and playable. If you want to play the level made by the host of Japan's Game Center, uh, game yeah, Game Center CX, that who was a friend of Iwata's back in the day when he was still around, that will be there. So we're getting a lot of levels. We're getting a lot of levels, but what's cool is they're finally doing the thing that I was saying they should do from the start, which is get all sorts of people make levels and use that as your marketing. For the gamers, they're already starting to do it. The Nindies in Europe, like Image and Form, uh, Shine and Multimedia, all those guys, Nintendo's been make, having them make levels. Or I think it's Nintendo that's doing it. They've been making levels. And <laughs> stop making, good. stop working on your game. Yeah, make come levels. make levels for us. We the eShop doesn't need you just yet. Minimum wage, Mario Maker. Yeah, exactly. But they're doing like these featured levels from those guys, and presumably those can end up in um, event courses or like you know have a level created by Will Wright or have a level created by uh, Steven Spielberg Steven Spielberg he actually big on video games that I could he made boom blocks remember boom blocks on the Wii oh, yeah. that was all his vision apparently but like any of that like that's great opportunities because for the gamers you have the Nindies you have the Kono like I keep saying Kono the Mario Kart guy why doesn't he do a level you can have any number of like gamer centric ones like the Game Center CX dude or or Jeff Keighley here in the US um That'd be cool. But for non-gamers, you can get real big names and then put them in the marketing and run a whole holiday ad campaign. It's just like, play, you know, you saw J- Joss Whedon's uh, Avengers 1 and 2. Now play his version of a Mario level. Like, there's so <laughs> much potential. They could just go to Comic-Con and recruit every nerd celebrity and have them make, like, here's Seth Green's level. You love when he did Robot Chicken for us for E3. Like, there's so many opportunities, and it's the marketing rights itself. And now they have the uh, capabilities. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. Who would you want to see? Like, is there anyone, like, if you couldn't... If you had, like, a dream, like, ah, oh, I love this guy that does this, or I love this guy that does that, what would his level be like? Would, is there anyone that comes to mind for you? You know, like, any, um... I mean... I'm trying to think of a good... The thing. only one I could like, think... Like, maybe the Platinum game I mean, I mean, just, like, off the top of my head, like... I don't know, something that would probably be easier to picture them making a level would be Edmund McMillan. Oh, the meat, the uh, Team Meat Folk, right? Yeah, just because it seems like, like, oh, it's already kind of up their alley. Like, they could definitely do something. Super Meat Boy might be coming to Wii U, by the way. They've been teasing it. Oh. Not official by any means, but they've been teasing it. And it's disappointing soundtrack. <laughs> what about the Binding of Isaac? Oh, wait, no, it's the same guys. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, the same people that redid the soundtrack... From Breathing of Isaac were the people that redid the soundtrack for... Oh, no, 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 I meant the developers. Is that the same yeah, team? Yeah, same, yeah, okay. same team. Yeah. And I thought, like, oh, because it's... The, I love the soundtrack on... Well, I guess both versions of Binding of Isaac. I, yeah. I enjoyed both. I'm like, oh, okay, Ridiculon will probably do the same with this one. And, and then you're like, boy, was I wrong. <laughs> I mean, it's not horrible, but, I mean, the other one was just better. You know what would be cool is if they got, like... Uh, oh, I lost my train of thought. I had it when you were talking, and I forgot it. Oh, well. Oh yeah, well, they could have developers of upcoming eShop or just release eShop games. Like yeah, they have Image and Form making one and Shine and Me or whatever. The, but imagine if like Ward, make a level. Well, not quite that. That would be interesting, actually. If they had Treyarch <laughs> or Infinity War, if they had like the Disney Vicarious Visions, they do Skylanders these days. But they've been very close to town for a very long time. Like there's so many cool opportunities there, and I'm sure they have some interesting ideas. But what I was saying is like imagine if like Octodad on the eShop now come play their Mario level. Like they could 
synergize it. It, mm-hmm. it makes too much sense, which means, again, like my theory with Mitomo is probably not going to happen. But one can dream. Yeah. One can dream. And another dream that some have had is Splatoon DLC that lets you play as Octolings. But that dream has some evidence behind it. This is a bit older, but uh, for those who don't know, data mining is how we all get our news now about Nintendo. Now that Nintendo Directs have stopped for a little while, but they are coming back. Um, they're actually coming back quite soon. We'll get to that in a minute. But people have just been hacking apart Nintendo games and finding things. They found extra character slots in Smash. They found that you can play as an Octoling in Splatoon. They found Twilight Princess HD on the eShop server like we talked about last episode. And now it's starting to look like with Nintendo saying they want to maintain attention levels for Splatoon, that maybe the time is coming for us to get the Splatoon DLC with Octolings. They're sort of starting to hint at it. Uh, the Japanese Splatoon Twitter keeps making references to the ongoing war between squids and octopuses. Octopi. The uh, Splatoon, the Splatnet Splatoon online on you know website. There are little octopi icons floating around in the background now that were not there originally. So Nintendo's sort of starting to give it little inklings, ha-ha, that uh, maybe Splatoon DLC is happening. And then they have their presence. I wonder if it'll be its own mode, just like, like Octolings versus Inklings. Probably. I mean, because... Because the hackers that are using them currently in Splatoon are, like, breaking the game because of it. So I suspect it is some sort of separate mode. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it could work. Like, you could still probably, like, give them all the same... But they whatever, can't Whatever gear... Yeah, they can. They turn into little octopus. Oh, that's... Duh. Octopi. Wow. Wow. That's dumb me. Yeah. I mean, you fight them in-game. I know. I'm realizing much, that. Yeah, they're pretty much identical yeah. to you. They just have some emo hair. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But, but I don't know. Is that not... Like, unlike... Mario Maker, very clearly, you could see a path to which they could use it to maintain the level of... What's the wording they used? What did I say it was? Maintain... Uh, maintain the attention level. Mario Maker, it's very clear how they do that. I don't know, do Oct- are Octolings enough for Splatoon? Or are we going to see some sort of... I guess between Splatfest... I mean, that's a, if it's a new mode, then maybe... Yeah, and then if you add in the ongoing Splatfest and new maps and new weapons, I guess they could do it. I don't really know what else they can really do to Splatoon to, I guess, make me go back into it when it was at its heyday. Yeah, I mean, for a lot of people, it still is at the heyday. But no, I agree, no, yeah. I well, know, but I agree that, like... No, I mean, yeah. For, I mean, like, for the, for the people that clicked with it, yeah, they're still, like... Yeah, but I feel like out, even, but... like, the Splatfest, they still get attention, but nowhere near... So, like, when Nintendo announced Splatfest in the past... Like, I know that the Splatfest is coming up, Yeah, but... Ninjas vs. Pirates. It's actually right now. Like, yeah. the weekend of the but Splatfest. But, I mean, I... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really do it either. But then the Transformers one. Maybe more stuff like that, because the Transformers one got attention. Yeah, I mean, the only reason I didn't do that one was because I was in Vegas. Otherwise, right, right. I would have done that. And I didn't do it because... <laughs> I don't know why. Wait, I was with you in Vegas. That was the trip. That was that trip. Most likely. Yes, it was. Uh, Vegas. But yeah, it, um, yeah, like I feel like Splatfest, if they do some sort of crazy marketing thing, new modes, new maps, but yeah, it's a little harder than Mario Maker. It's not like a slam dunk in terms of getting the attention level. They have to almost do something like Mario Kart where they just like add an entirely new thing or like so many new maps and like bundle it together and then push it in the holidays. During the holidays is like this big thing. But. Really, um,. Hoping they do one soon. Yeah, I mean, I think I think they... Of all the DLC, that's like probably the most exciting one. Then maybe like... Splatoon? I mean, no, Mario Kart. Oh, yeah, yeah. Potential, and then maybe Smash Brothers. Oh, more DLC for those? Yeah. I think they're... I almost feel like they're focusing more on Splatoon. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Like, and Mario Maker. I mean, Smash, they still have DLC characters. They have the I mean, character they, they didn't announce that. I mean, they probably feel they don't have to market it hard for Mario Kart because mm-hmm. it's Mario Kart. 
It'll sell itself at this point. Like, yeah. they're literally bundling. I mean, they'll probably wait until, like, they see, like, some sales dip and they're like, oh, no. They well, they, I'm sure it's declining, but Splatoon's, as I mentioned, like, we were talking about the Wii U sales numbers, Splatoon and Mario Maker with the year-old Smash and Mario Kart are actually helping Wii U outsell how it did last year after Mario Kart came out. So, they probably aren't too worried about making money there. Plus, they can bundle all the DLC into the cart- into the disc and call it a day. Amazon's mm-hmm. actually selling a digital bundle of every piece of Mario Kart 8 content together for, like, oh. 80 bucks. But but I think we're gonna whatever they're doing we're gonna find out soon because um, I mean Splatoon DLC you can't just do what they did Mario Maker and release a little trailer and be like hey check it out you need to like make an event out of it and the best way to make an event is Nintendo Direct of course and a nice little tidbit is that a Wall Street Journal reporter asked Kimishima uh, what's up with Directs and he said huh well thought you should ask he didn't say that uh, they have one coming this year and then they'll be back regularly in twenty. 20- 16 with some sort of format change. I'm guessing it's going to be no more present on Nintendo talking because Kimishima is more of a background guy. He is not someone that's out publicly usually, which is why it took so long to even get to see him at like a briefing. So like think more, it's gonna be the, more like the, the specialized directs that we're getting? Probably more of a specialized direct, probably less of just a guy in front of a white screen. Yeah. At least in Japan where, you know, in America they did stuff with Bill Trennan, did stuff with Reggie, they had like gags, they had themes. Oh, the Japan... Japan talking about like the, those weird screens where like cubes moving in the background or something. Oh, no, 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 not that. I think I they're, mean, actually, they're changing the Format, format. That's just the graphics, but like the on-screen graphics. But I think, like in Japan, it was always a water, always talking directly to you. I'm making the hand gesture for those who can't see me. I think that Japan may take up what America does, where they do like the goofy ones with like skits and multiple hosts, and they jump around between different teams, because that would count as a change in structure over in Japan. But it is proven to still work, so it's not a huge gamble. But we'll find out. But something's happening, and there is a direct coming this year. And what's interesting is not only is it significant because we're going to maybe get Splatoon DLC or maybe get new Mario Maker stuff or Smash Bros. stuff, but apparently Kimishima said Nintendo has some unannounced games coming in 2015. Ooh. Now, here's the tricky thing. Unannounced eShop games? Uh, probably. That's probably all they are. I mean, right? But here's the weird thing is the Wall Street Journal reported him saying that at the financial briefing. Day later, Nintendo released a transcript for the financial briefing. It's based on pre-written remarks, so anything he might have ad-libbed or said otherwise is not included. Hmm. There's no mention of 2015 unannounced games in those re- in those pre-written remarks. The closest that comes is him saying, "Here's a slide showing all our future releases as of o- October 2015." We of course have unannounced games in the works as well. It's possible the Wall Street Journal mixed that up and read that and heard that as unannounced games in 2015. But it definitely does not say that. That's not to say it's not possible, because there's multiple possibilities. Project Guard is still listed on Nintendo's financial outlook as a 2015 release, somehow. I mean, it must be a surprise eShop release, right? Or they're lying. And if they're lying, why are they lying? No one is like, no investor is like, oh, Project Guard got delayed. Well, time to pull out. Like, no way is anyone caring that much. But it would make There is that one guy that's like really looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, there probably is somewhere. Some, some, I imagine some guy that like, he lives in Norway, and he, like, invested through, like, some weird network of multiple stock things just to get to the Japanese stock market. So he's, like, third-hand Nintendo investor, and he's super amped to play Miyamoto's Project Guard. But honestly, if Project Guard came out as 2015, in 2015 as, like, a surprise eShop release, that could generate some goodwill with fans. It's a Miyamoto project. It's something no one expected. And it's a chance to, like, try this new thing, this little experiment Miyamoto worked on, and it boosts a lineup that, quite frankly... 
is not that great for November. So it's possible. The other biggie, of course, is Twilight Princess HD, which, as we discussed last episode, got leaked. It's on the eShop server. And most interestingly, remember we were talking about Nintendo Store branding uh-huh. and how there's a Link render in there that's not from any current Zelda game but kind of looks like Twilight oh, Princess right. in, in 3D modeling? That was well, a long time ago. That, no, that, yeah, that was like a month and a half ago, right? But it was right before, I, th- I think it was the episode before I left for London. Well, you know, they, they put up a slide at the presentation that's like, we're expanding the use of our IP through mobile. You know, the th- we've heard it a million times. They want to put their IP, they want to license it, whatever. In the slide is a ton of characters, like Nintendo staples. You got the uh, you got Pikachu, Mario, Isabelle. You now have the Inkling Girl, which is kind of nice. And in the back of this group photo of sorts was Link in that same render from a game that doesn't yet exist, but kind of looks like Twilight Princess. Yeah, it's in the same pose. Yes, and then shortly thereafter, we find out, oh, there was a chance maybe there's unannounced games coming in 2015. I'm just saying, it doesn't line up that nicely unless... Where's smoke, there's fire. Just saying. So I think I think we might... It's basically embers at this point. It's basically embers. If we were... It's basically one flame that just hasn't spread yet. If, uh... If that report is true that he said there are announced games in 2015 opposed to a mistranslation, then yes, we are getting Zelda and I'm 100% sure it's happening this year. How's that for a safety net? Well, assuming the source is right, <laughs> then I'm sure it's happening. But, uh, but yes, yeah, so that's all what could be coming this year. But in our final bits of news, we should probably discuss what's actually coming this year, namely this month in November, namely Mario Tennis Ultra Smash and Animal Crossing. the whole. Uh, I don't know, the whole of disappointment and suckiness. Wow. Well, okay. Let's talk about Mario. First of all, I should say, no one expected Mario Tennis Ultra Smash or Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival to be, like, the best things ever. But... I do. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But here, but we did last episode... I'm disappointed because it's Mario Tennis. Oh, oh, he might has less content than any other Mario Tennis ever. Uh, We'll get to it. That's fine. I like my Mario Tennis' bare bones. Oh, it's very bare bones. You see, it's it's okay if it was 20 bucks, but for 50 bucks, it's very low. But before we get to that, I just want to say, remember last episode, we were like, oh, there's no info on any of these games. Someone at Nintendo must be listening because literally two days later, there's info on both games. So, So, you can thank us, Internet. Clearly, it was our doing. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about Mario Tennis. Um, it's really a mixed bag. Yeah, Waluigi Here's... got enough for Wario. Yeah, yeah, because it's the only game that Waluigi... Moving on up. Yeah, he is. Next, he'll be in his own game. Waluigi Land, oh, shake it. It's like a huge jump. I know. But, you know, I dream big. As does Waluigi. Yeah. But yeah, so Mario Tennis Ultra Smash, we now know what it's about, and it's not much. Um, there's some different modes... Let's just run through them, I guess. So, what the big thing is that Amiibos now in the, <laughs> the game. The big thing. The big thing, yeah. The big things now is Amiibo support. It's basically Smash Bros. You can choose support Amiibo figures. You can partner with them either yeah. online Rob. or off. It only supports Mario, Luigi, Peach, Bowser, Yoshi, Yard Yoshi's, Rosalina, Wario, Toad, and Donkey Kong. Hmm. See, this is why I have notes, so I can read that off. Uh, but. Yeah, basically how it works is the more you play with them, the more experience and skill they gain. It's very similar to Smash Bros. The difference is you could take them online for doubles matches, which you could not do with the Smash Fighters. That's pretty cool. So if you don't have a friend, because online works with friends, two-player, solo, or Amiibo as your second player. So that's one neat thing. And online is one of only um, four modes that are in the game. Now, that sounds like a lot until you realize how lit all these modes are. So one mode is the Knockout Challenge. They're tiebreaker matches. 
I'm just going to read the description. Against increasingly difficult computer-controlled opponents in a single player, and if the going gets too tough, players can call in an amiibo to be their double to to back them up. Okay, so it's sort of a tournament mode, kind of. But it's tiebreaker, so it's only the most tense moment, I guess. Uh, then there's Mega Battle. You know the Mega Mushroom thing they showed at E3? Where it's like you get super big and you thwack the ball and basically it kills you. It literally like kills the other person and then you get a point. <laughs> That's a whole mode. That's it. It's normal tennis, but with a big mushroom. And that counts as one of four modes. Wow. Yeah. So the third one, the third one is Classic Tennis. It's Mega... It's the Mega Battle mode, but without the Mega. It's exactly the same. It's just tennis. That's it. And then the, it has... Uh, it has standard features like chance shots and jump shots, but no mega mushrooms. That's literally how they describe it. Chance shots are something we saw in open. Jump shots are literally you just hit A and then hit B. And those are selling points now. Uh, and online multiplayer, um, you go up with people around the world. It can be singles. It can be doubles. Here's where things start falling apart. According can you do a double to, team online with you and another Yes, group? with you and another friend on the same console, yes. But not with, a, oh, with another friend somewhere else? Yeah. I don't know. And here's where it gets weird. Nintendo World Report published a preview of the final game. I don't know how they got it. And this whole time I'm reading this press release, I'm like, oh, okay, this sounds like the start of something, and they'll announce more as they get closer. No, this is it. Nintendo World Report put out this preview, and they're like, so yeah, we tried online mode. No lobbies whatsoever. You just say, I want to do singles, I want to do doubles, and you're in, and you can put your amiibo in or play with a friend on the same console that's sitting next to you. That is it. There's no lobby Apparently, there's maybe not even a friend system. You might just have to play strangers. Also missing any sort of uh, crazy mini game. Like Martez opened it, really have had some like ch- like skill building games. Remember those were like hit it against the yeah. wall. And then Power Tennis was awesome because they had all those ridiculous ones like try and hit the ball into P Piranha's mouth or whatever, or like watch out for the ink um, or the paint or you know the sludge. This has nothing. The one minigame it has is literally, how long can you hold a rally? It gets better. There are 12 characters. Eight have been revealed. The four extra characters, I'm not going to spoil them, but they're all bad guys, and actually some of them are kind of creative. But that's it. No extra characters beyond that. You want to play in more than uh, one stadium? Too bad. There's only one stadium in the whole game. It has nine different... different (laughs) Your face. (laughs) It has nine different um, surfaces, including ice clay, grass, you know, the usuals, yeah. and then ice. Uh, so there's nine different services that change the physics, but there's one stam in the whole game. Do you want to play the zany Mushroom Kingdom stages that made Power Tennis so awesome and made Open... Actually, I don't know if Open... I guess Open had some, but they're scaled down. But do you want to play those? Because you can't. Because there's only one stadium. Basically, what we saw at E3, what I played at E3, was half the game. And it was one match. <laughs> So, that is why I said this is going to be a disappointment. Now, originally, when I saw this press release, I was like, oh, Nintendo's doing a slow rollout of news. They're going to announce they're going to start with the basics and get zanier as it gets closer to launch. So, that's crazy characters and crazy stages. We'll be playing Peach's Castle. We'll be playing inside a Donkey Kong barrel. I don't know. <laughs> but, but, no, we get none of that at all. This is the whole game I just read off. From yeah. start to finish. And they're charging $50 for so that. Power tenant, I mean, so tennis or raw they start getting worse. You know what's funny movies. is Mario Tennis Open, everyone's like, oh, they rushed it out, like, it's okay, they made they made up for it well, with Mario honestly, Golf. I like, well, honestly, I like Open more I than... I like Open. I like, I like Open more than Power Tennis. I like the mechanics of Open more than Power Tennis, but I did miss some of the zaniness of... I, I mean, the mechanics more of Open, 
But I did miss a little the zaniness of power tennis, at least as an option. Yeah, the zaniness was kind of what I didn't like about power tennis. But so as like, an option, so if you want to go casual, you can go casual. Uh, Not as a mandatory thing, like, because no, power no, tennis yeah. had both, but lean more towards zany, open lean way more towards normal, which I was okay with, but it just felt a little bare. Yeah. This is, like, this is the definition of rushing a game out for the holidays. Like, literally, like, I don't mean to discredit Camelot, because I know they probably great... They make great Did games. They not? Mario Golf Jeremy is awesome. Quote. But yeah, no, I, I think I don't think it's in their hands. I think Nintendo's like we need to get something out. Like we need something to sell. <laughs> so here you go. Mario Tennis Ultra Smash is anything but ultra, I would say. But but I just feel bad because like the Camelot devs are really good guys. But what were they doing from May to from June till now? Because like I said, I basically played this everything I just said. No amiibo support maybe, but everything else was in place in that E3 demo. Everything. The Mega Mushroom. That was the final build. Yeah, pretty much. And the graphics don't look much different. I mean, the, the reflections on the court are really cool of the characters. But but yeah, like the, the Mega Mushroom thing, that was in the E3 demo. The lack of Mega Mushroom, while not an option, clearly was probably there. Uh, online and Amiibo are the only things I didn't get to do. Everything else is based on exactly what I played, which is weird. So, yeah. Mm. I mean, I like Mario Tennis. I feel like this is a bargain bin purchase for me at this point. It's just, it's so weird how lacking it is. And they're charging $50 for it. That should have been a red flag when they charge $50 and announce a release date without even showing any footage. And I feel like I should have bought on Good Faith Alone or something. I guess. But this game's going to get panned when it comes out, I'm pretty sure. And in Tower World Reports, you know, they're pre- they're very even. They're very uh, level-headed in terms of, like, they're not too biased, but they do like Nintendo. So if they're bashing it this hard, yeah, like, that review is, like, the game is a disappointment. Or the preview is, like, it sucks. Yeah. In a nutshell, it's just like, geez. And even you, like, because you thought there was more to it. And then once I told you, it's like, no one saw it, but your face, I said it was one stereo. Uh, I've never seen your face drop that fast. Like, it was like, you look very disappointed. <laughs> But yeah, because I mean, I, I don't need I don't need more modes because I'm just gonna play regular tennis anyway. But I do still like the different stadium, mainly yeah, for the I, music. But yeah, oh yeah, I guess it's only one song, ad nauseum, <laughs> forever. Now, I mean, in theory, they could do what they did with Mario Golf or Splatoon. <laughs> DLC. Yeah, they could do DLC to fill out the rest. They could do what they did with Splatoon and do free updates into next year. But if they were doing that, I feel like they would have announced that by now, or at least told Nintendo World Report where they gave them the preview build, like, "Hey guys, by the way, we know there's nothing here." But we'll have more in March. Like, something, anything. It just... This game's going to yeah. get panned. Equally puzzling, for totally different reasons, is Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival, which comes out the week before Mario Tennis. So, Mario Tennis is just missing content. Animal Crossing potentially has content, but you kind of wonder, like, why? Why does this exist? So, there are three modes we now know about for Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival. It looks like there are going to be seven or eight in total. Nintendo's only shown three. So this is kind of what I thought they were going to do with Mario Tennis, they're just easing us into the info. So, first of all, everything requires Amiibo, it turns out, which is kind of a given, but I mean everything. Like, when you turn on the game... Robin Amiibo? No, just the Animal Crossing ones. When you turn... Or the cards. When you turn on the game, it doesn't say press A or press start. It says press the ami- press your Amiibo to the gamepad. If you don't do it, you can't start. Wow. You need to scan your Amiibo in just to turn the game on. Which makes sense if it requires it. But the, so there are three modes. that requires you to have a table in front of you. Pretty much. And it, and how's it going to work? Yeah, because some of them, like, you have to, like, pass the controller around and, like, scan things quickly. And, like, other ones, like, you need... Yeah, you basically need a table. And how it works is everything you do in the game, you're earning happy points. This is the time to Animal Crossing a little. Don't you mean Chibi-Robo? Well, happy points are the happy... Are what they rate... Or isn't that what they use to rate your house? 
I they're called happy points. <laughs> but Chibi Robo has it too. But yeah, um, you collect happy points, and with those happy points, you can add new variants to the different modes. I don't know what exactly that means, but it's not just window dressing. Like, you're just like, here's a new house. It actually changes the gameplay. So potentially there's stuff there. But it's different in every mode, and each mode is its own weird little game. So first up is board game. By the way, that's what it's called, board game. It, like, really? Come on, Nintendo. Board they, game? They could have called it Amiibo Festival? They could have called it, like, <laughs> Amiibo Party or, like, vil- bo- Village... Yeah, just Bull- word- Village Bulletin Board? Oh, oh. Did you use the word party? It's not like... I mean, they've... Nintendo- but it's not party. Oh. That's the thing. Here's how it works. So there are 12 different boards. This is... The way they integrate the concept of Animal Crossing into this game are actually kind of clever into the board game, but it's just like you don't do anything. So there are 12 boards, each representing one month of the year. Each... Your 30 turns on each board, you do one board of your choosing. And of course, you know, like the December board's Christmas Eve, the yeah. September board's very autumn. Uh, you get 30 days... On each board. Each turn is a day. So each cycle is one day. And what you basically do is you is roll the, the dice. Is the main one like Mexican themed or what? Uh, spring. <laughs> and what about April? Spring. <laughs> March. Winter. <laughs> I don't know. They, I haven't seen very May, but uh, flowers are probably May and showers are probably April. Because, you know, April showers bring May flowers. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, so there's 12 different boards, you roll the dice, you walk around, and um, you're trying to earn happy points, and whoever has the most happy points within this little med- within this game wins, and there's two ways to earn happy points, the events that unfold when you hit different spaces on the board, and the kind of sub-game within it of the turn-up market, and the turn-up market actually sounds the most interesting of it all, because basically Joan will sell you turn-ups on the gamepad, you can buy them, you can sell them, and then each turn or each day, the prices fluctuate. So it sounds like a little gambling thing where it's like, well, do I sell off now or do I hold on and hope it gets better the next day? It's basically the entire turn-up stock market from Animal Crossing stuck inside a board game. But that could that be the, kind of interesting. But that could be the make or break for if you get the most happy points and win if you're strategic or lucky. Yeah. Separately, as you work your way around the board, every time you land on a space, an event occurs. Oh, you went to the cafe and got some freshly brewed coffee. Oh, you did the Sambo with K.K. Slider. I'm just making stuff up. <laughs> oh, you, you know, you, Isabel told you the town needs a new bridge. We need to spend happy points to make it happen. And it's just like these weird little dialogue boxes where they have like a little cinematic thing playing out and that's it. You don't have a mini game. You invite all your friends to play video games. And then you play a board game. Yeah. Oh, oh, you mean in the game. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that's basically it. And you earn happy points through that or lose happy points through that. And there's no real interactive part beyond that. You roll the dice by touching your amiibo down to the gamepad, and then you watch what happens, and then you go, gee, I could really use some turnups. And that is, <laughs> that, is, that is the board game in a nutshell. But, I mean, it really is, I, they, I guess they call it board game because it's literally a board game. It's just like a real board game where you just do what the spaces tell you. There's no interactive board game portion. It's like Monopoly, kind of. But yeah. so that's one mode, and that, that's the one we've seen so far You know, at E3, and it was kind of like, what is this? The second mode is more interactive, but probably way simpler, if that's even possible. And that is the quiz mode. So up to four players are asked ridiculously specific questions about Animal Crossing, and they have to answer. Uh, and I mean fan. ridiculous. So it's super like, fun mode or something? Yes, and these questions are insane. I was watching an IGN video, and it's like, which type of bonsai plant is this? And it just is the image from like Animal Crossing New Leaf of one of the five different bonsai, and you have to know, oh, it's the super bonsai or whatever. <laughs> and to buzz in and when this is where the amiibo come in because look at this integration a spotlight is apparently circular uh going round and round to every player like just a constant loop 
you have to tap your amiibo card of the character you chose to use, which you chose by you know tapping it initially. You tap the amiibo card on the gamepad when it's bought. What if you don't have the card? And you have to play with the card that can use actual amiibo. Uh, you could probably use both, but they're saying it supports cards because that means more characters. Uh, you can also use figurines because it's all the same chip. But by saying cards, they're like you have a hundred characters to choose from, yeah. opposed to twelve. But so you tap the figurine or the card on the gamepad right when the spotlight's over you for your chance to answer. If you tap it when it's on someone else, I guess they have to answer. They have to answer, but I don't know if you're supposed to be like tricking them into answering or if it's like they steal it from you. It's a little unclear. So if you're playing with like four people, you, you have, have to, to cl- you have to have the gamepad in a. Yeah, you have to have it in the middle. You have to basically scramble. Kind of, or possibly the only. I feel like the game. The best way to play this game would be to like turn the TV and just put the gamepad in the middle of the table. And everyone else yeah, but the problem is the gamepad. the gamepad doesn't actually show you what's going on on the TV. Oh jeez, <laughs> it's like what are you? Do- At least I don't think so. I could be wrong. Maybe that one does, and maybe I'm misunderstanding this. It's a little confusing. But the point is, you buzz in with your amiibo card and you answer ridiculously simple questions about Animal Crossing or ridiculously difficult questions about Animal Crossing, and as the entire mode. So that's mode number two. Mode number three. <laughs> is perhaps the most interesting. This one I'm actually kind of want to play. It's called uh, Desert Island. I think it's a fuller name, but it's Desert Island. And for this one, you actually have to work together. You and up to, I believe, three other people, maybe two other people, are stranded on a desert island. Who you're stranded as, you tap in with your amiibo card, or figurine, of course. And basically... You have to collect resources and get build a boat and get off the island. Sounds like an actual it's a game. Hexa- yes, it is. IGN compared it to set. I, you know, I watched like previous from IGN game explain etc. etc. IGN had probably the best comparison where it says it's kind of set up like Settlers of Catan, where it's like you have a hexagonal board with hexagonal spaces. Each person gets to go X number of spaces per day. You have to collect resources during the day, and at the end of the day, you vote on how you want to spend those resources. Do you eat? Because you need to eat. How much do you dedicate to building a boat? How much do you dedicate to then going out the next day to find better resources? And you all work together and you have a time limit of X number of days to do all Sounds of like this. Sounds like Forbidden Island. I don't know if you Yeah, know. yeah, it kind of does. I, I know that one, yeah. Um, and you do that, and then by the end you have to either get off the island or I guess you all die. Yeah. I don't know. But um, that, to me, sounds more interesting. And the amiibo you pick and the character you use will determine... I don't know if it's on amiibo level or just every time there's one person who's assigned each, but you all have different strengths and weaknesses. So I can be KK and be really good at finding I finding um uh, uh Entertainment? No, not entertainment. Yes, no, I was gonna say finding um resources. And then maybe you're Lottie who is super good at like swimming food. Don't use logic here. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yes, I mean yes. If you're Lottie you just swim off the island and leave us behind. But fine, and you're Isabel, and you're good at cooking for whatever Barking. reason. Barking, sure. So then we'd have to, you know, like I'd go <laughs> doing backflips, doing backflips. I'm picturing the little toy dog. Though. Oh yeah, yeah. Barking to backflips. Yeah, that's exactly what you would do. That's literally the option. It's like, do you want to scavenge for more resources or do backflips? And you choose do backflips. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, which waste your energy, which means you have to eat more. Exactly. So it's actually a lose lose situation. <laughs> But no, it's, it's entertaining. Um, yeah, but yeah. So basically, each person has their own strengths and weaknesses. You work together. It's co-op. It actually sounds kind of fun. If you have the right group of people, it could be really cool. I think quiz, eh? Board game, eh? Uh, Desert Island. Let's see six more modes like that. Nintendo, and maybe I'll buy it. That in a nutshell is Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival. It really does feel to me though that it's very it's a shame. Amiibo first, game like second. I, it's like I kind of want to get it just to get another party-esque game, yeah. party-esque type game, but. Like, if Bowser Mode didn't get me to get Mario Party 10... 
Which it should have, because you're the biggest Bowser fan I know in existence. What hope does this have? <laughs> yeah, seriously, seriously. But it's... um. I mean, I'll get it eventually. It's definitely a game I would get at a discount. And yeah. I'll, and I'll, and I'll refer to Mario Party 10, not this one. Right, right, right. Oh, yeah, this one... I feel like if the other five or six modes are cool, I'd cave. But even then, I'm not the party place. You're the party place. And this thing doesn't have online play, as I guess you'd expect. Honestly, I don't know why it doesn't have full online, like some online play. It had a Nintendo Network logo on the box when they first revealed it. But I expect everyone to have four. No, you can't. But you can do quiz mode online. I mean, I guess you can do some of these modes. And they could have made modes that are online friendly. Like they should have. Because right now, you basically have zero single player options. So at least put some of them online that don't require much actual, like, work to do or any heavy amounts of Amiibo, but I don't know. Like I said, I, can't, I really can't shake the feeling, and I think I said this last episode, too, that this is very, like, Amiibo marketing tool and less of a game, which is weird because I know Nintendo loves to sell plastic. Like, they always have. Accessories are, like, their bread and butter. But I don't think they've ever done it quite to this extreme, so... I don't know. So November's a weird month. We had awesome games. We had Splatoon in May, Mario Maker in um, September. We have Xenoblade X coming in December for the hardest of the hardcore. We had Yoshi War World, which we're about to talk about, and Chibi Robo, which we'll talk about next episode in October. So all that was pretty decent. November, though, which is usually Nintendo's strongest month, they have games, but they're... They are weird ones. So I hope Twilight Princess HD is real, just for sake of having one, like, actual, like... Game you can be like, yeah, about. Well, um, at least we have human resources to play for a little That's while. That's true. Yeah, there's actually some good eShop stuff, which we'll cover in the next few episodes. There's human else, resource. There was something else that came out. Human resource machine and Octodad. Oh, the yeah. Dadliest catch. I'm excited to play Octodad. I heard there's some audio issues with it, so I might give it a week to patch itself. But yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for those. But in the meantime, we've had some pretty good games, honestly. I mean, uh, Yoshi's Boy World, I'm really enjoying. And the Yokai Watch demo was kind of interesting to try. So I guess we could segue into what we're playing, which for both of us, I think, are those two. So correct me if I'm wrong, you mainly did Yoshi as a co-op experience, right? You and your brother, Elvis. If I mainly you mean exclusively. exclusively. And I've only played single player. So it's interesting that we can almost kind of compare notes on what the experience is like. So how is it for you? What 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 are your what do you think of Yoshi? Um overall impressions, um really love it. It has just that right amount of difficulty that I like cuz it can get pretty hard especially if you're yeah. trying to collect everything. But I don't know, just a game. Everything about it is so pleasant to look at and listen. It's just... It's just adorable. Yeah. I don't usually use that word to describe games, but it's very charming. I mean, little things like when you hit an enemy on the head, it does does a little, like, symbol clash. Or, like, when you... Depending on what you pull or push in the yarn world, like, the way it folds and unfolds and compresses yeah. and moves, it's, it all looks really nice. And yeah, there's definitely a lot of dumb... Yeah, there's a lot of DOM moments. And even, like, even just some of the writing. Like, even the intro, I tweeted this and put it on Meverse, but I just love the, like, after the Yoshis are kidnapped, it's like, the Yoshis held a very, a rather important meeting. It's just like, oh, even the writing's cute. Like, there's nothing about this game that isn't. But, um, the music's actually really good. Like, I'm yeah. surprised at how much, I haven't enjoyed Yoshi music this much since Yoshi's Story. I don't think anyone enjoyed music from Yoshi's New Island. Yeah, I know. So I'm not, I'm not, like, breaking <laughs> barriers by saying that. I'm not breaking down walls by saying this, but, um... Yeah. I mean, um, but outside of that, um, I mean, as expected, co-op was really fun. I mean, you get the added benefit of having the other person, like, mm-hmm. taking care of enemies or what have you. But it does have the same problems that New, New Super Mario Bros. U had, where you do get in each other's way a ton. Probably yeah. more so in this one. Luckily, Yoshi has a flutter jump, so 
knocking someone off the stage doesn't immediately kill them. Though there have been a few times, multiple times actually, where some people knock each other off and we'll be trying to get back up, but we're flutter jumping and we're just we're just shy of getting back onto the ledge. So we're just kind of stuck in a we're eventually going to die. Right. Mode where one of them is. So that happened to me when I played at E3. We were flutter jumping the, to me and this random other guy for about 30 seconds and just never landed anywhere. Wow. And then she, the demo host was just like, I guess you can play again. And we're like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, but listen, but anyway, sorry. So, but since we're not Jason and Mysterious Person. Yes. Um, you recovered. I, I figured, like, okay, I'm just going to jump down and try to and catch Elvis in my mouth and then just throw oh, up. Oh, that's smart. So, so I just went down and then as I picked him up, I just shot him. And then I was slightly higher, but I was still, like, below, like, getting back to safety. But since I was slightly higher, Elvis was actually able to eat me from the ledge. And save me. So I was like, oh, okay. So now we're able to do that. So what's co-op like when you're in the transformations? Because one other thing we forgot to mention when we were talking about how cute the game is. Oh my gosh, transformations. Well, first of all, when you ground pound, he turns into a little hammer. When you run, he has little car wheels. So you're talking about like... When when you, I'm getting to that. Yeah. When you go into some levels, you literally transform into like an umbrella and get blown around. Or like... Yeah, they did a good job of like... Like what they did with Epic Yarn. Like just right. like turning on his little... Like giving him a propeller... Yeah, and wheels. The umbrella. Up. I did not expect him to become umbrella the whole time. Just like, oh my god, he's an umbrella. Like it was, <laughs> it was. Yeah. Um, but I guess the only other thing about, um, I guess, as far as getting each other's way, like you can't walk past each other and you jump on each other, but your eggs also don't go through each other, so that gets kind of annoying. Wait, the eggs hit you? Oh yeah, yeah they do. They, they do like right. a, they do like a smack. You know, it's like, <laughs> which sounds kind of. Funny. <laughs> That's actually spot on. But um, essentially, like we're trying to like. There was a few levels where we're just like trying to like aim our eggs at like these certain things where we're trying to jump and we kept yeah. getting hit by each other and just got in each other's way. So I was like, "All right, you do it." And there's times like that where it does get kind of frustrating. I wish, I don't know. It at least it hits this medium where it's like it's tolerable enough where you could still enjoy it the whole time. I mean, Mario right. Brothers, that that game felt like oh, you're just playing a one-player game with multiple people at the same time. It didn't really feel like you were doing co-op. This one does kind of feel more co-op-y because there are some things where you can't cooperate to do some things better. I mean, you can in Mario Bros., but this one feels more so. Right. And then at least it, do- and at least it doesn't fall into that other thing with Donkey Kong Country Returns where you don't invade each other's space at all. Like, mm-hmm. you could, I could jump on top of... I could jump on Donkey Kong and like I'll just go through them or run past them. So that one is just like two people playing a one-player game at the same time. So this is almost the, me- the happy medium. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean you can... And well, except the bonking into each other. Yeah. I mean, that guy, you could also, like, grab Diddy, and, but then it just becomes a one-player game. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it's cool. I would it, I would say it's definitely better in um, co-op, but that's yeah. just... But, I mean, I guess almost every game is better with co-op. But. See, as someone that played it single-player, I feel like I had a very different experience. I really enjoyed the game, but, like, you were saying... I get, well, how hard was it for you? You were 100, 100%ing all the levels, right? Yeah. Because I feel like it's easier if you have two people. Because my biggest issue with 100%ing the levels, because the game, quite frankly, if you're just going, I'm going to beat the level, it can be a piece of cake. Which is very much like Epic Yarn in that regard, where if you choose to collect, you have some challenge. If you choose to just run through it, it's not going to take you long. But the thing I was running into with this, which I imagine is less of an issue because there's two of you covering the screen is a lot of the itty-bitty things you have to collect, like the last little pieces of whatever, the last little star guys, the last little, uh, I don't know, one of the five yarn balls, whatever it is, it's a lot of just like, well, f- hey, if you jump in this one little nook over here, or hey, if you happen to touch this exact spot on this corner, 
a uh, question mark cloud will magically appear. And if you hit that question mark cloud with an egg, there's the item, which is cool if it's set up in a way where it's like, oh, you naturally floated there. But some of these, especially in some of the later stages, were like so tucked away that it's just like, seem kind of, not cheap, but just seem like I'm not really discovering things. I'm just kind of like literally pressing Yoshi against every piece of cloth I could possibly find yeah, on the stage. it's kind of annoying. Like, I mean, I know it's like a whole, like, oh, it encourages exploration, but another thing is like but where... It's not, it's not even just exploration. But it's like another thing where it's like, you see this wall that just looks like a regular wall, but then if you jump just high enough at the right spot, you go through it and it's like, oh, here's this other thing that you would never see. Found Yoshi games have always done that though, and even Yoshi. Oh no, no, no that, that. this is a great pick in general. Yeah, like, I think. That no, but technique. I think I think this is also a little worse because that encourages exploration to try things. But this one, there were two instances on two different levels where I was in the excuse me, I was in the spot the hidden cloud was in, but I didn't touch just the right corner. So I left, not finding the cloud. I was like, how did I not 100% the level? And then went back and just retraced my steps, which, by the way, is a bit of a hassle. Uh, the nice thing is you don't have to refind everything every time. You just need to refind all 20 of the sprite guys and all t- 10 of the Miiverse stamps. The rest of the stuff will remember from time to, from go round to go round. But for those, uh, you know, I went back to the same spot, and then suddenly it was there at a time. Like, what did I do different? I'm in the same place. So that kind of annoyed me. But looking past that, the game real. More so than any other Yoshi game I had played since I was a kid, this really felt like the spiritual successor to Yoshi Story to me, which I was very happy about because I love Yoshi Story. I don't know if it's because like the felt world kind of reminded me of like a pop up book, or if like all the different Yoshi well, I mean, like costumes I mean, remind me of the colors. The, I don't know. It was it felt like a hybrid of Yoshi Story and Yoshi's Island, just because yeah. the aesthetic is definitely more Yoshi Story. The only thing that yes. wasn't like made in Yoshi's Story, like handmade, was were just the characters. Like everything was like built from like. It, it, it yeah. could have been like from Little Big Planet. Yes, yes. But um, you're right that but, there are more Yoshi's I mean, but, like, uh, Island gameplay elements. No, it, it's almost all exclusively because yeah. I mean Yoshi's Yoshi's story was essentially just a 2D open world that didn't really have a beginning or an end, and you just kind of wander around until this, you get all the fruits. Until you get thirty fruits. And this one, there's definitely and a beginning and end, but you detour and you have to collect flowers. Well, I mean, you detour like kind of up and down, but yeah. it's still like it's, left to right. That's true. Or up to down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I think I think that's I think almost that's kind of what I'm getting at is that like besides the aesthetic and besides the awesome awesome selection of ridiculous amounts of like Yoshi costume colors, all those different colors. Every time you get all five yarn Yoshi or yarns on stage, you get another crazy looking Yoshi, which is great. But um, yeah, besides that, there is I feel like more so than Yoshi's Island DS, more so than when I played Yoshi's Island on GBA, like the port. Maybe I'm just misremembering, but I think like this one you were doing a lot more of like going in weird directions. Yes, you still end up going left to right overall, but there's a lot more, like, doubling... Not even doubling back, but a lot more just, like... You're going weird angles and oh. stuff. That It felt more open to me than the Island games did. And that might just be some weird mental thing I'm having, but I liked uh, it. It was nice. As far as openness, it felt about the same as Yoshi Island, because that game, or even Yoshi Island DS, because those... Those kind of had those annoying, um... This one has the spools, but this one... Well, not the spools, so the yarn clusters, yeah. but... The other ones have the invisible coins. Like, oh, that's true. Like, they just had like coins scattered everywhere, and then like one out of like the twenty was like the red one. Right. And you had to find five of them, but you don't know like where the hell they oh, are. Oh yeah, no, no, that part's the same. The finding eyes. I meant just right. like I feel like the way the way the level fans right. out almost feels more. Op- I'm probably misremembering, but to me, it's just the whole time playing. Like this is so much like when I was getting the fruit in Yoshi's story. Like it was, I was going um, every which way. There's like things where it's like. Yeah, you go right. You can go right, but also if you go left, I guess the one difference, like you said, is there are definitely levels in Yoshi's Story where it's you walk into a room and it's like, 
there's no exit. Just walk around until you find the fruit. Well, on this one, you still ultimately have an exit. That's true. So, mm-hmm. so ultimately, you eventually need to go right. But you can detour every which way to get to go right first. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, I, I'm really enjoying it. Minus the weird little 100%. Thing. Like, at one point, I actually was just like, why am I even 100%? I'll just... Get, I'll just go for all the yarn. The bonus I'm gonna do all the yarn, all the Meverse coins, and all the um, all the flowers. But if I don't get the little sprite star guys, it's okay if I miss one. Like, cause I was just getting frustrated. Like, where is that last one? How did I not get him? Well, I mean, so, you don't need to get them all. You just have to not get hit. Those are just health. What? But I did. every every time you pass a wow, every time playing this game wrong. Or every every time you pass a checkpoint, it refills your hearts. So if you beat the level with full health, then that's it. Like, it just gives you a little marking. I'm an idiot. That's all it is. This whole time? Because I was wondering, like, like, what are you talking about? Like, oh, yeah, because, like, the yeah, star sprites just give you help. This whole time I've been playing the game. I did learn See, that. this is why Nintendo needs to well, keep playing physical manuals with their games. I can flip through them and learn these things. The whole time but that means, I was but, but playing... But it's always been the case in I know, I every Yoshi. I know. Yeah. I'm realizing that now. But the whole time I was playing, I was always like, I got all the... I remember collecting all the star guys. Oh, maybe I got hit once. Now that makes sense. No, that makes sense. Yeah, because I mean... But don't... yeah, in that case, I'm just going for me. In that case, I'm so 100%ing. Or I'm realizing it. Yeah. So I'm going for me versus coins. And if you're doing powers. co-op, the only one of you needs to have full health, not both of you, to, right. to get the accommodation. Oh, but, but I still need full health to get the 100, 100%. Yeah. You need, well, you need yeah. to beat the level with full health. Right. Because, yeah, sometimes I've been, like, purposely, like, I'll let this enemy hit me because it lets me go to that corner over there. I mean, you can't just, like, get it out. You can't yeah. have full health at some point. You have to yeah, beat at least game. I'm not playing mellow mode, right? At least I'm not just flying through the level doing nothing. But oh, yeah. but I do really enjoy the game. Like, I know I was kind of, like, nitpicking about the... Sometimes it's ridiculous to get those hidden items. But, like, overall, it is really... It's kind of a relaxing game, and the atmosphere and vibe of it's so nice, and all the different Yoshi yeah, colors, the levels, and the Amiibo support's cool. The levels feel just the right length. They're not like, um... Yoshi's Island DS where the levels oh, that was, were really I, long. I stopped playing Yoshi's Island DS faster than the rate I usually stop playing games, simply because, uh... I was just like, I don't want to spend half an hour on a single stage. Like, please. Just make a bite size. I could do two or three, and then, like, go about my day. Like... <laughs> it just felt a lot... Like, even on an airplane, it'd be like, I'd be on a flight, be like, oh, cool... It's a three-hour flight. I gotta play four levels. It's just like stop. <laughs> so this is a step in the right direction for sure. Yeah, the game it's was more streamlined in that. I definitely regard. really like that game though. I just like the oh, implementation. DS? Yeah, the, well, the, DS had the cool the implementation of the different babies. Yes, and stuff. the car- the baby, the baby yeah. traits. Maybe that's why it reminds me of Yoshi's Story more because DS and uh, DS had a lot of like. The baby stuff. So it wasn't just you have different Yoshi's that are basically the same. It was like you're well, just Yoshi's Island without the baby. What? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. For some reason, kept, they stack, maybe, is what my I mean, Yoshi's also, doing. I mean, and you transform just like in all other Yoshi Island yes, games. Yes, yeah. I guess it is more Yoshi Island. But I will say, I was impressed. Some of the designs of some of the levels are really creative. Like, the one with all the chain chomps. Like, by the end, you have, like, seven um, of them. I think it's in World 2, and you have, like, seven of them pool. Like, just the way that unfolded, I was kind of like, oh, this is neat. Or, like... Um, it's cool just seeing, like... How they do what effect? Yeah, and yeah, because they constantly are adding new like fabric effects, for lack of a better term. And so far, I don't remember any of these from Epic Yarn. Like they do them in a different enough way that it feels fresh still, even though it's basically Kirby Epic Yarn better graphics in that regard. Yeah, but it still feels pretty fresh. So yeah, I would recommend it if, for people that need something to play on Wii U. This is a good one to get. Um, it's it. It looks so good, first of all, like, graphically. It's super charming. I think Captain Toad is still the most charming game for Wii U. It's basically like playing a Pixar movie, but this is a very close second. 
if, if charming games on your Wii U or like your t- top priority is the charm level, this is a very close second to Captain Toad. When did that game come out? December of 2013, last wow. year. Yeah. Wait. Yes. 2013? Yes. Sorry, 14. Math. Oh, like that can be 13. Last, it's like, 15 now. Yes, 2014. It came out three weeks after Smash. But, uh, yeah, 2014, thank you. Yeah, it was um, December, like, 6th or something. But, yeah, it was, it, it's, I like Yoshi a lot. I recommend it for sure. Yep. The other game is more of a demo, but we're probably, I mean, I don't know if we're going to buy a full game. It depends on what we think of demo, and that is Yokai Watch, which is the next big thing from Japan, according to Nintendo. And we did, you did play it at Comic-Con. I attempted to, but got sidetracked. Yeah, but you I did ended play up playing it. it multiple times at Comic-Con. Just so this to get is, like, your sure. fifth playthrough. Yeah, because yeah. it ended up being the exact same demo. Now, that leads to an interesting question. Well, for I guess, should I talk about what I thought of it first, and then we'll see if repeated playthroughs held up and what that might mean for the game as a whole, right? That might be a good way of doing it. Um, Why not? Okay, so, yeah. So, for those who have never tried it, um, first of all, what a ridiculous premise. There's a child walking through a forest, a young boy. He sees a random capsule toy machine, ancient capsule toy machine, and ends like... I'm going to put a quarter in this. Does, and then receives the Yokai Watch, which lets you detect ghosts. And these ghosts are, are able to Are there any other influence. Yokai Watches in said machine? Presumably, but how does that ancient machine accept quarters? Quarters aren't ancient. Hmm. I don't understand. How do they know the coin size? It doesn't make sense. But anyway, Yokai, for those who don't know, are these ghosts, and that's most of you, are these ghosts that uh, affect how people's moods and how they behave. For example, one of them will make you lazy. One of them will make you go to the bathroom. One of them will make you hungry. Yokai is why, or whatever. Yokai is why you're hungry and you go to the bathroom or lazy. Or racist. I'm sure it's a racist <laughs> one. But, um, All these humans. Are you addicted well, to heroin? There, Yokai <laughs> is why. But, uh... Nidolophagus is its name. All the names for all these guys are actually really clever puns about, like... Or not even that clever, just kind of cutesy puns about the things they do to people. So, anyway, so the game, you're cl- you're finding a few of these guys around the world, and it really walks you to the basic gameplay in that, um, or the demo, in that you walk around a city, it's very, like, you know, generic overhead JRPG vibe, kind of Pokemon in 3D. Uh, reminds me a lot of Custom Robo, for those who have played it, the overworld look. And then you go to these locations, and some there will be a presence. Like, your little Yokai watch will start going haywire, and you talk to a person, and they're like, well, I'm weirdly hungry, and I don't know why. And he's like, purple... Yokai spirit stuff coming out of him. And then you hit Y, the Y button, and it's you, you get a magnifying glass. They just kind of scan around the space with using either the touchscreen or your control stick, and it will, if you see a Yokai, it will come up in magnifying glass. You hold it on them. They proceed not to move in the demo. I assume they move in the full game, so you actually have to follow them, opposed to just hold it there for five seconds. And then they talk to you, the Yokai, and you go into battle. And that's where things get, get interesting is the battle system. Which is like Pokemon Light, kinda. So, but not even Pokemon. You don't choose attacks exactly. So how it works is it's like a roulette spinner wheel thing on the it's bottom. Definitely interesting. It's very unique. Like honestly, I don't know exactly how you can be strategic with it in the grand scheme of things, but it was just enjoyable. Pick whatever person is available to attack. Yeah. So how it works is you have up to six at uh, six characters total, three mm-hmm. at a time. And three are on the top of the wheel, three are on the bottom, and three on top are highlighted. And you can tap one and tell them to either use their special attack, which I'm forgetting the name of, or tell them to target a specific person. When they do their special attack, you do a weird, like, it'll be like, tap these bubbles on the touchscreen, draw these shapes, spin this circle, and that will power up the attack, and then they go for it. And while they're attacking, everyone else is automatically attacking back and forth, enemies and your heroes. 
for your yokai. And then um, occasionally, though, as these battles are unfolding and you're scribbling around and tapping things, an effect will be done to your yokai, like poison or whatever, and you have to rotate them out by literally spinning the wheel around, and then you put them in the bottom half of the screen, and now there's two options down there, one of which is basically a healing option, and the other is something they never use in the demos. So I don't know what it does. But, so your, your management system, you're not, it's not like Pokemon where you're picking attacks and then executing the attack and trying to outthink how your opponent will attack. This is strictly like real-time resource management where it's like, well, this guy's available, like you said, this guy's available, I'm going to have him use his special right now. Oh, this guy needs to be healed, let me spin the wheel. And where I guess the only place where a strategy really comes in that I can think of is you can't move around who's on the wheel in what slot during a battle. So you have to somewhat strategically be like, well, if I'm going to use a special attack of the far left guy, I need to somehow make sure the two other guys on the top half aren't going to be killed or be poisoned or whatever, which you don't really have full control over, but you can target who they attack. So in theory, you can have those two guys target the guy that could poison you to kill him faster while your third guy does a special on the other, while the other enemies. But that's the extent of the strategy, at least from what I can tell. There's yeah, no, like, there's real no, there's not... It's, yeah, it's like a little bit more like... In that regard, it's almost more like... Not even chess. It's, I don't it's, know. it's like to, checker. It's, it's like Pokemon's chess, and this is checkers. It's hard to see sorta. how this will get. I don't see difficult. how there's replayability. Or very difficult, but well, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, is do we know if there's any kind of like battle yeah. friends or something? I don't know. I imagine we battle friends. Like like oh, you battle your friends like with your oh, team there, there is multiplayer. I yeah. believe. But what I don't understand is like like you said, how's it get more difficult, and how's it for kids? I guess it won't get that repetitive, but. Do they rotate out those four buttons that do, like, special or heal or whatever? Are there other things you can do? I just... Because even when you, like, do your special attack, it's just, like, it does the attack. And the attacks have names. So, in theory, you should be able to have, potentially, multiple attacks. And then when you do your special, you choose which one. But why are they not featured on the demo if that's a thing? Like, it just seems like... I feel like the demo left with more questions than answers in many ways. But the... I, I don't know. I mean, you played it, what... I, like we said, like five times. Yeah. And it's, so going through it again, could you see yourself if this is the extent of the gameplay? Could you see yourself buying this, or is it like definitely not? Yeah, not even a question. I mean, I think the characters are great. Like, I mean, like the po- the Pokemon esque yokai are like entertaining enough and have some good puns. But so I can see kids liking it, but I don't see how the gameplay hooks in anywhere near as deeply as Pokemon does for like hooks into players. Like, there's no addictive. I mean, it definitely doesn't seem like a bad game. I guess we're just old. Finally, yeah, like we're I guess out of, out of I guess the target for the game. I don't know. Well, yeah, they're aiming like eight to twelve, oh, yeah. or like five to eight. Or I don't know, it's like. just interesting, like being on that side. It is very which, interesting. Which kind of makes it weird, like saying that, like, like oh, because I mean, like obviously we're not saying like, this game is bad, because I mean it mm. clearly isn't. It's what was like, there is very well done, and there's yeah. even little Easter eggs in the demo. Like you can look under, like there's a car at one point. And I was like, is there a yokai under there? And I actually looked, and there was. And I was but, like, oh. But I will say that, um, I mean, you could argue, like, the same thing, like, for Pokemon, where it's like, oh, this game, like, it's aimed, was aimed, like, for the 8 to 10, but... It's still a gameplay for adults. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but that game definitely still was able to... Yeah, it was still... It still had, like, that depth that could get... Yeah. And literally anyone of any age. Like, now, I still... So I don't know. I, I mean, still keep thinking there must be some depth here we're not maybe, accounting for. That you must be able to choose multiple attacks at some I mean, point. Maybe they're just playing it safe. We don't know yet. I mean, I it, the franchise is huge in Japan. They have two spinoffs, like two sequels. If this is really all the gameplay, it seems weird. And you would think, 
if we host a podcast and we do a little research and just find out the answer. Well, it is a demo the game's not out yet, but maybe when we get it, yeah, maybe, know, maybe, maybe know, we'll end up getting it for sixty bucks because it's sixty bucks. Wait, what? Um, with the oh years. right, because they screwed up the price tag. Yeah, yeah, at Best Buy or whatever yeah. Target. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, I mean it, to be clear, it's very well done. It has kind of clever dialogue. It looks nice. The 3D effects nice. The the use of the touch screen to kind of move around I the mean, magnifying glass. Is kind I mean, of definitely, neat. you could definitely tell you're playing a really polished game. It's well done. I can see one time has high hopes for. It. I just don't understand the battle system and how you're supposed to do anything with it. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand the dang Get out of my lawn. But yeah, so I felt this episode was a weird one, and I also get a bunch of downers because we're like, oh, so much mobile stuff. Nintendo's so much potential, and their sales are good. But man, Mario Tennis doesn't look good. Man, Amiibo Festival is weird. Yoshi's mm-hmm. cool, but man, Yokai Watch, what is that? And that, ladies and gentlemen, was the podcast in a nutshell. <laughs> no, but um, well, that's yeah. pretty much been being a Nintendo it's, fan in the last few months. Yeah, no, that's that is life as a Nintendo fan. It, um, I will say, I'm curious to learn more about Yokai Watch, but I don't know if I'd buy it. Yeah. But I mean, evaluate for yourself. The demo's available on the eShop, so anyone listening that's interested, go check it out. It's definitely worth checking out. I would recommend the demo to anyone because it's free. But uh, yeah, it, you'll have to judge for yourself. But for me, and I think for you, it's kind of a no go for now. Yeah. yeah, especially with other games. Yes, because so. I know how much time you're gonna be pouring into all one stadium of Mario Tennis. Yep. Yep. But uh, but yeah, so that basically does it for this episode of the show. As always, thank you for listening. Um, we will be back in two weeks' time on November fifteenth with our with our our full impressions of Zelda Triforce Heroes. Last episode we talked about demo. Our anniversary episode. Uh, yes. No. Our yeah, Yes. Sort of. Our anniversary is the in-between weekend, so it'll be one of the two. But yes, we're turning four this wow. month. Wow. Yeah, wait, did I do that math right? No. No, we're turning five. What? Four. We started in 2011. We started when Skyward Sword came out. Our first episode was Skyward Sword. Or something like that. So, 2011, 20, we did this last episode. We're either four or five. We'll figure it out by next episode. We'll do some really, <laughs> we'll crunch the numbers. We'll do some intense statistical analysis, and we'll bring you our anniversary next episode. So, in that anniversary episode, we got Zelda Triforce Heroes impressions. We're going to have Chibi Robo Ziplash impression. Zip, yeah, Ziplash impressions. We will have, of course, all the latest news. Possibly more about Nintendo's mobile situation. Who knows? There's still the Q&A from the financial briefing that we need to wait for the translation to come out of and look into that, so we might have stuff about that. But in the meantime, you can always follow us on Twitter at RamNintendo to know when our next episode goes up or anything in between. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, and if you are on there, feel uh, please leave us a review. We want to know what you think of the show. You can also leave a comment at RamNintendo.com on this blog post. I'm just listing off so many things you can do. And soon, Android users out there, soon we are going to be on the upcoming Google Play podcast section thing listings. Google Play is finally launching a podcast section, and we will be there day one. We got we already talked with Google, and we're good to go. Well, by by talked, I mean we filled out a form, and then they said you're good to go, and I considered that a conversation. But yeah, um, so yeah, in the meantime, follow us on Twitter. You can follow us individually if you want to hear individual thoughts on games or life or whatever. I am JSR7 on Twitter. Angel is Wero, W-E-R-R-O, underscore. That's also the Meverse handle. Friend or follow him there. Friend or follow me at Jason R. I think I've done all the necessary, um, I don't want to call it legalese, but all the plugs and whatnot. So, yeah, we'll be back in two weeks. In the meantime, I'm going to go hug a whole bunch of Yarn Yoshis. Mm-hmm.